internet what is up happy monday i hope everybody had a great weekend and got to unplug and enjoy some time with the fam we are rapidly sneaking up on holiday seasons i don't know where this year went where did this year go it's crazy well right about this time we should be right around thanksgiving or so uh if we are past it i hope everybody had a great thanksgiving and if we are not because i don't know what order kato is going to put these next few episodes out in if we could be pre thanksgiving we could be post i don't know i don't know where we're gonna land we got about a lot of episodes in the can coming off of vacation i went out to california and recorded like 52 million podcasts with everyone so we're putting these out anyway my next episode we sit down with jillian rebecca from Instagram, from the IG. She is, I would say, an overland adventurous and a great outdoor human being. Loves the outdoors almost as much as I do. And uh, she had a great story about her, how she got into all of this stuff. And we connected the dots at uh, the Overland Expo, or we tried to connect the dots at the Overland Expo and we missed each other, but we connected over social media. And I really like her page. And she is got a website called Mountain Yote. And she started that to basically start corralling her uh, her fellow females that are very much interested in in overlanding and off-roading and and camping to get out. And she started hosting uh, ladies camp nights and and they've been wildly successful. She's got a lot of support in the overlanding community from several companies and she's doing great things on the gram. So I was interested in her because she's kind of a big deal in the overlanding industry. So we sit down with her and we get after it. So grab your favorite beverage. Probably since it's Monday, that's going to be a cup of coffee. And uh, let's get after it. Here we are. Welcome to my amazing outdoor studio. Do you feel safe? I feel very... That's going to be the thing. Do you feel safe? This was a uh, super high security facility, as you found out. <clears throat> yes. I had to show my papers on the way in and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't mess around here. They're like, we need the last four, the social, and the person that you're here to see. Otherwise, we can all let you in. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. what it was. Should I have hear any feedback in my... No. Do you have feedback? No, I don't. Okay. I just... it's. I can't tell if I can hear you or not. Oh, well, let's, let's try this. No, no. Oh, no, no. I, I can do this. This is fine. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I want I want you to, you should be able to hear me really clearly. I want it I... to be just as comfortable so I'm not like thinking about the headphones at all. Okay. All right. Are you are you good? I'm thinking about the sun though. That's the one thing I can. Yes. Are you square? <laughs> are you good? <laughs> Everything's okay? <laughs> no. I, will, is... I'm, I told you it's been a minute since I've done a podcast. All right. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready. Perfect. None of this is getting edited out. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Okay, so I think we were talking about Well, first of all, go ahead and introduce yourself. And tell everybody who you are and what you do and why. Uh, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, I am. My name is Jillian. Uh, I go by Jillian Rebecca on the social needs. Um, and really, I just fell into kind of this adventure off-road lifestyle that um, the kids are now calling overlanding. Mm. And it's it's been a it's a constant education. I think I I don't quite know what I'm doing. I feel like I say that all the time. Like I don't really know why I'm here or what I'm doing. Or um... I don't know if I completely agree with that, but we we, we can go for that. <laughs> well, for it, that. there's there's been some direction that. Uh, Things have become clearer mm-hmm. recently uh, and, and kind of taking steps in areas that maybe I've felt called to but been reluctant for years because I'm just here to enjoy right. this hobby. Why, why mm-hmm. are you guys bugging me to do something? Why, does, mm-hmm. why do we have to do something? Why do I have to turn this into something else? Right. 
so fighting against that for years, um, but all the while building my vehicle out to support the, ty- the, the style of travel that I have grown to love over the last six years. Um, didn't grow up in the outdoor space at all. So uh, mm. learning all of this in my 30s has been mm. interesting because I'm definitely coming at it with a, um, a mature perspective, I think. Yeah. And uh, that's been fun because, I don't know, just being able to experience this life uh with the understanding of a you know of an aging 30 year old <laughs> How? i'm okay, only so gonna be 30 for like a couple more months it's really rough <laughs> so you are okay so you're at the i'm at the cusp of 40 okay so you're, yeah, yeah i remember <clears throat> i remember how that felt I'm, <laughs> I'm 44 so you know what's yeah. great about it is and maybe being a female there's some extra stuff that comes along with it but Definitely was worried about 30. I remember that being really terrifying, and it wasn't. Yeah, 30 is a big step, too. Yeah, these are just numbers that I think we we attach these things that we don't even understand at a young age. And then once they happen, like, I feel like there should be all this there's concern and, oh, my gosh, things are about to change. I am a little worried about my eyesight. I have heard horrible things. <laughs> I'm going to confirm that. That 40 I'm right now at just hitting the mark where <clears throat> my eyes start quitting on me if I work too late, like 1030 yeah. at night. Because I'm a workaholic, so I'll be on my laptop or my device or whatever working. And then, like, about 1030 at night, my eyes are just like, fuck you. I'm done. And I can't – they will not focus. And I'm, like, doing the – That is – yeah. The computer, I think, has accentuated all that. Where I'm, like, I I literally can't see anymore. Mm -hmm. What's happened? Yeah. And then the same thing in the morning. When I wake up first thing in the morning, I'll open my eyes and I have to, like, do this with my phone to be able to, like, see. So, yeah. I will confirm that it is a thing. And so, I'm dreading wearing glasses because yeah, I have put that off all my friends. I've had 2020 amazing, perfect vision my whole entire life. And so all my friends my whole life, I've fucked with them hard about like, <laughs> nice glasses, nerd. <laughs> it's, it's all. That's They're like, on, fuck man. you. It's coming for you, bro. Yep. And it is. Yeah. So other than just the physical changes that that happen, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not 20 anymore. I mm-hmm. remember that. Every, you know, it's winter during winter camping. I, that's the most Accentuated. Have surgeries? No surgeries. Mm. No, I'm, I'm, I've been free of all that. But um, Joints hurt? Yeah, things just aren't mm-hmm. as... I'm not as flexible as I once was. Getting mm-hmm. out of that tent in the morning, sometimes it's like, oh, this isn't as easy as it mm-hmm. should be. What's happened? Yeah. But aside from that part, the mental graduation or the mental changes that I've gone through have been the most exciting and kind of moving it, doing it all, you know, alongside this overlanding outdoor adventure space. I'm learning so much about myself just because of my age and then learning so much about myself because we kind of go out and push it and have to be Mm self-reliant. So all that comes along with that, I don't know. It's just, it's been really cool to like look back about the last six Mm -hmm. years, how much growth there has been. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's what, (laughs) that was a long answer to, that's what I do. No, Um, tangents are where magic, it's where the magic happens. I'm probably pretty good at that. Uh, But yeah, so literally just started, bought a, knew I wanted to explore uh, had lived in cities most of my life and had traveled around enjoying that, not feeling out of place at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, was very comfortable saying that I liked hotels and uh, nice restaurants, and I was good with that. Uh, but came back to California and got the bug to, this is where I was born and raised, came back here and got the bug to rediscover some places and realized, mm-hmm. ah, I'd like to get off road and just start get hitting dirt more. Mm-hmm. Not trailing, not camping, none of that just being able to explore. So knew I wanted to buy a truck, wanted some four-wheel drive capabilities. Uh, six years later, I have an overland rig with more things on it than I can have 
I didn't even know this thing, this whole world existed. No, it's it's awesome. It's, it's super awesome. <laughs> it's it's fun, and I, and the and the community. I guess I started with that. The community has been really cool, and I think that's something that keeps you coming back. All of my friends now, all of my close friends, are people I met on the internet, which mm. I definitely would not have been able to say I, that was what I expected ten years ago. Well, I'm hoping that we can do this now that you can see that I'm not going to like <laughs> kill you. And I got to tell you. <laughs> Your message made me laugh, and I do appreciate brutal honesty extremely. So, because oh, you got to fill everybody in on that one. I, I have a. It's a pet peeve of mine where like people don't say how they really feel, and then they ghost or they like act really awkward and weird. Mm. And I'm like, are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm completely fine. But they're lying because they're they're uncomfortable because they're too scared to avo- to voice what is making them feel uncomfortable, so that you can rectify it or remedy it or you know like just say just say what the fuck's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, yeah, so we were trying to figure out how this was going to go down because we're both road ninjas and out adventuring all the time. And so, and I don't have a fucking studio yet. Hopefully someday on my property, when I get it built in Wyoming, I'm going to have like ah, a little, awesome. yep. I'm going to have like a little, I think I'm going to make it like a, ja- a Japanese like dojo or like a, like a, like the sliding bamboo doors and then, but it's inside, it's going to be glass and it's going to be like nice, but it's going to look like a Japanese pagoda probably. Okay. Cause I love stuff. I nerd out on all things Japanese and design wise because okay. I'm a design dork but we're trying to figure this out and I noticed from just looking at your feed that you are very much a 2A person and mm-hmm. so and, and obviously camping so I was like let's go let's go camp or let's go let's go shoot guns and then there was like a long pause there was like some I saw the ellipse and then there was like a <laughs> long pause and I'm like oh maybe maybe too soon maybe maybe too much and then you're like yeah no let's yeah let's do you know this yeah, no <laughs> I was like Okay, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Oh, like no. a stranger, stranger danger in the woods with with guns and it's, camping by and yourself. I, I think that's just a skill, and I think we touched on this a little bit before the podcast. But I think as a female, it is one of the things you're a little more restricted, and not that there's anything wrong with women who jump, yeah. you know, into that. And and I had literally no fear of you right. at all. But I was like, man, on paper, like I really don't know you right. at all and i we should know each other from who we overlap with mm-hmm. and all that stuff and it, it makes perfect sense this is going to be great but i'm like i don't know mm-hmm. is that there's that gut thing that mm-hmm. i think um some of us have and doing what i do i just have to listen to that all the yeah, time no. so it just makes me a little more cautious but yeah so i enjoy we will we'll, I en- we will go shoot i enjoyed that and so i was like <laughs> okay what well, how am I, what am I going to do here to like make this a, like a safe thing and i was like well what public venue could we go to it's got to be like, it has to be sort of quiet. You know, there can't be like, I was like, we can't go to like a, a like a bar. I don't even know if she likes to drink. Like I, I tortured myself a little bit with this decision. And then I was like, well, I, you know, because I came down here to interview you. And then also my friend Nick, which I'm going to hit today. And then there's some of my friends up in LA and I have to go to that cesspool. And I'm not really looking forward to that in the next couple of days. But I was like trying to figure this out. And I was like, and then it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, there's a big RV campground and I've got my rig. So I was like, I'll just camp there and then it's very public and outdoor and <laughs> there's some high crack crack elite <laughs> security professionals here security was very very intense yeah i appreciate that you did not need to go that far but i appreciate it yeah so here so here we are so you got you know you did you took your polygraph and submitted your urine sample to get in so here yeah. we are yeah I'm surprised i didn't have to get like the jab just mm-hmm. to get in here, i know so. wild i know how do you feel about that <laughs> How do I feel about that? I think if you want it, go get it. I don't feel like my um, my interpretation or, or my desire, whatever I feel is necessary for medical treatment mm-hmm. is really anybody's business, nor is it right. my business to know what you did. Um, Correct. 
I thought we had laws about that with our doctors. and Yeah, I think there's this thing called HIPAA. Yeah, it was a very strange thing I had to adhere to when I was in insurance years ago. But yeah, yeah I don't know what's happened where now we suddenly feel like we need to make decisions for other people. Mm, yes. So it's not really the topic. I mean, I don't, I just don't really care mm-hmm. what you choose to do. It has become a wild time, I think, because now there's some pressure for us to conform to some of these mm-hmm. things. A lot of us, I am wanting to peel back the layers on it a little bit because I'm interested as to why is suddenly this so important that I be forced to do this. I've been doing this a little bit. Yeah. 74 members of the House and Senate are are invested in Pfizer and Moderna for starters. And so I have a a fundamental problem. And I will say this because I say it every time I talk about COVID, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've had too many vaccinations Mm -hmm. through the military to be an anti-vaxxer. And they they obviously worked because I didn't get Japanese encephalitis or anthrax or smallpox. Mm So what I do have a problem with those, the huge encroachment on people's individual freedoms and the right to choose what they feel is right for them. And nobody should be telling you what you can do with your body. Like I'm super pro 2A, but I'm also pro-choice. So, you know, which people find weird sometimes, but that's, that's how I feel about the situation. Related, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, you know, traditionally, like if you're, you're you fall in one camp or the other, you know, because we're red or blue and that's how how everyone looks at this. Yes. yes, And I hate that. And I hate that the fact that we're ignoring science in uh, to push the issue into a polarizing topic for politics, because that's what it's become. And it's really, it's really disappointing. And you know, and I was just talking about this, like I mentioned earlier with uh, my last guest, Danielle, who is, she's a medical, she's a medical professional and works mm-hmm. in the medical field. And we just like, there's numbers and there's data. And then there's like lacks of data in certain aspects that just the hysteria and the amount of government over, overreach and the encroachment on people's individual rights does not, the hysteria does not, the, the numbers do not support the hysteria that's going right. on right now. No, absolutely. Yeah. So like if we were, if we were for like a, a seven or an eight or a 10 or a 30% mortality rate on this where people were dropping over healthy people were just like falling over dead in the streets or the zombie apocalypse was starting to kick off. Yes. I could totally be on board with the level of hysteria that's going on right now. But the fact of the matter is is like, it's not. Well, you said it, the science that doesn't support kind of the, the, this mandate action that we're seeing. And I think, I mean, it's been interesting though, because I think as a country we've, We've enjoyed a lot of freedoms. We still enjoy quite a bit of freedoms yeah. comparative or relatively to the rest of the world. Um, Absolutely correct. But because of our wealth and because of how much we do have, mm-hmm. um, we're and I, I speak for myself in this. I know I know your background. I don't I don't consider you soft at all. Just right. knowing what you've done. <laughs> but as Americans, I think as a society, we are soft. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a part of a generation that has never really experienced war. Um, mm-hmm as far as a threat on our own soil or a threat to our, our home. Right. We didn't see, you know, mass. We didn't see groups of our, our, our peers being sent off to war. Mm. We didn't get to experience that. Yeah. And I think, while that's fantastic that we've never experienced that, we're kind of seeing the fallout of a society that's never really felt threatened mm-hmm. um, and therefore given up quite a bit of freedom to continue that feeling right. of safety here at home. Yeah. And, you know, whether that was done completely where we just didn't realize what was happening or, or we chose to not see what it, whatever that is, um, here we are in 2021 and yeah. realizing that our government has been slowly taking more and more control. Yeah. And now we're in a position where, well, what do you want to do about it? Because mm-hmm. now it's going to it's going to have to be a little ugly, I think, to push back. How severe that has to be, I don't know yet. But well, it, here's the thing that was hugely disappointing to me when the whole... The people that stormed the Capitol building, if that was not, that was, that that's historical. That is a historical action like Americans have never stormed their own 
national capital before. Right. So the fact that that happened, and then the fact that, and I don't, and and I'm not gonna, I don't give a fuck what president was attached to that because there was a lot of blame mm. about you know that fell on the president for that. But at the time, and I don't, I don't care about that. I care about the American people right. feeling motivated enough or pushed into a corner hard enough to where they felt like that was the only thing that they could do to be heard. Right. And so, and the fact that they were erecting gallows, like they assembled gallows outside the Capitol building, if with new, complete with hand-tied nooses. <laughs> and I saw the photographs. If that isn't a wake-up call to our politicians mm. to maybe start listening and get your shit together and stop being so self-serving. I mean, looking, when we were talking earlier about like digging into things and like looking at data and like there's several politicians that, you know, they're getting paid 175 to $200,000 a year to go be a representative and represent the American interests of their constituency and the American people. Yeah. And they go into politics and, you know, like Nancy Pelosi's net worth is $120 million. It's ridiculous. I'm like, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. Or how does, I mean, and presidency aside, how does Biden have 40 plus years? Mm-hmm. And I mean, unfortunately, he stood there and said, like, look at my record. And it was like, yeah, we are. Yeah, like, you suck. What are you doing? Like, what have you been doing other than getting a paycheck on the, and, and that, and again, that's on the, there's some responsibility that falls to the American people that have allowed mm-hmm. this process yeah. to be, just exist for this long yeah. to where they're going, why would you change this? Mm-hmm. And we're going, well, and then it's like, well, we've let it happen for 40 something years, 50 mm-hmm. years. I don't know how long, but I don't know. I, it's a, it's been a wake up call. And I think for, as far as a call to action, uh, for me personally, it's been, why aren't you more involved? Do you know who your city council members yeah. are? Do you know who your mayor is? Do you know, like, if, if you're so unhappy with what's happening, like, do you even know what's going on locally? Yeah. Um, so before we can really, like, complain, and I live in Southern California, I have plenty to, call, you know, yeah. to complain about. Um, maybe not for long, but all that to say is I think we need to be all more involved, regardless of where we live. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Everybody needs to be more plugged in on, like, the state, local... Because you can't be outraged Federal. that stuff is happening if you're not taking any re- personal responsibility. Yeah, if you're and, not participating in the process. Yeah, and I and I preach personal responsibility in a sense with what I do as a hobby with this with the truck, and you know we're being self reliant, and right. so that personal responsibility, like I'm responsible for me a hundred percent, whether that be for clean drinking water or yep. protecting myself from some crazy in the wood woods. All of that falls in line with there, so mm-hmm. I can't just forget that part when I go back to what is the normal life, you right. know, the city life or whatever. It's like, no, personal responsibility matters mm-hmm. here as well. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, I can't, yeah, the whole, yeah, being as emotionally invested as I was in Afghanistan and the outcome there because I spent so much time there and I really got to know the country yeah. intimately and the people there intimately. And I just was completely appalled and disgusted. And then like the aftermath of it, like we still have Americans that are yeah. caught over there and nobody's doing anything about it. Yep. It's just like, okay, that was the trend. That was trending on social media for a while. Now the trend's over, so, like, nobody's paying attention to it. But, hello, we still have uh, rumored estimates, not confirmed, but, like, 200 to 400 people that are still That's crazy. That is so crazy that our administration is just, I don't know. Sweeping it under the rug, just like they do with everything. Okay, with... I mean, I think that really should shake the core of of being an American. And that really should, should shake a lot of us up, that... I mean, I think there's this false sense that, like, well, I'm an American. So if yeah. I went somewhere and something happened, yeah, I'd be – and and I know – Commandos are coming for me. Right. Someone's yeah. going to come for me. Like, yeah. that's – I'm not – I'm I'm an, for God's sakes, I'm an American. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, we've yeah. seen enough movies. We've, yes. we've, we feel we can fall into that Chuck role. Chuck Norris is coming for you. 
somebody's Wouldn't coming that be for nice? Yeah. I, I would be down with that. Yeah. Um, but you start looking at the actual statistics mm-hmm. and what maybe historically has been the case when Americans get imprisoned or mm-hmm. just fall off the face of the map in an international mm-hmm. country. It's like, yep. no, we've been doing this for a while. And not that that was politically motivated or anything, but we are not the center of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we and I think as an American, I've kind of falsely adhered to that mm-hmm. ideology. Uh, and I think there's we can be a world power, but there's some responsibility with that. And we've really mm-hmm. lacked in that responsibility for several decades. Yes. And now we're seeing some fallout. Yeah, China, China's kicking our ass on the global stage. My gosh. I mean, what was it? China and Russia were just doing like war games together? Mm-hmm. Together? Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, if we're, that doesn't like send off the alarm. They've done that a everywhere. little bit in the past. But like, yes, it's especially big now because of where we're at, yeah. like how weak we are. They can see that. They're not dumb. So, and China, like, um, there was a book written by two Chinese colonels called Unrestricted Warfare. I highly recommend every American read it. Unrestricted Warfare. Unrestricted Warfare. It's basically their blueprint. It was written in 99, and it's their blueprint on how they've declared war on America, and they're going to dismantle us on multiple levels. So do you believe we're in a cold, because I've heard this thrown around, like a cold war with China? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. Their citizens are, like sworn and mandated to the government to right. be able to be activated as uh, intelligence operatives should the government request it. Mm. So, yeah, it's and then we just give out automatic tenure visas to all Chinese citizens. Yeah. We don't do that for any other country. So I'm like, oh, this is all inter- very interesting. Yeah, our inner our interdependency with China is is horrible. Yeah, that's it's definitely concerning. Yeah. And again, that's another thing that we've allowed ourselves to, you know, I mean, Americans love cheap goods. Mm-hmm. The fact that there are cargo ships lined up outside of Long Beach right mm-hmm. now. It's like, mm, that's embarrassing. Yes. That is embarrassing that that much garbage can just be sitting out there. And we know mm-hmm. it's garbage. You mm-hmm. know, you buy the Chinese stuff. It's, it's I mean, generally, it is mm-hmm. the, the stuff that's like, well, that's the cheap yep. immediate fix for whatever I need. If I really want to pony up, you got to buy American or something of quality. Note to all of our American, fellow, fellow Americans, like you might want to start curbing your dependency on Amazon because that's mm-hmm. where... Amazon is fed from China. Like that's where all those products come from is China. All the cheap, great, amazing deals that you get on Amazon Prime that show up free shipping at your door in a day. China's on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's true. No, it's completely true. No, convenience. We've sold out for convenience. And I am guilty of this. I'm not not above it at all. But it is – if you're not willing to acknowledge that there's been, again, personal responsibility, Mm -hmm. you know – I, I'm to blame for some of this, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna change. I'm gonna make and man, yeah. it is painful. Some of the American made stuff that <laughs> when I realize, okay, I want that, but let me see if I can do some research and figure out how that's made you know, where is it made. Yeah, where's it coming from? Yeah. Yep. The price tags are man, but it's made me curb how much do you want this good? Mm-hmm. You know, what's Yeah, you start really evaluating your yeah, spending decisions. You know, again, because we're so wealthy and mm-hmm. we can have we have so much cheap so many cheap items at our disposal it's, we've become such a consumer society that yeah. that's not good either for no. multiple multitude of reasons yeah i like to use things until they like break or wear out yeah my clothes all my stuff i mean my truck's a 2012 i'm gonna drive that thing until i'm probably 90 yeah i'm, I'm gonna like it i'm gonna keep that thing and keep cool. driving it until it's till it explodes yeah i love it no and I, it evaporates into rust <laughs> underneath me <laughs> Which is possible with how mm-hmm. we use them. But, like, mine's a 16, and uh, it is uncommon that it is still around. Yeah. Uh, people are, like, shocked that, you know, especially with the social media mm-hmm. aspect of what I do, um, people are shocked that, well, when are you going to get rid of it? Aren't you going to get something new? Aren't you, you going to? No. And while there could be need, different needs that would be met with a different vehicle, and maybe one day I'll make it that to that threshold, 
right now it's like, no, I'm going to, I'm keeping this thing till it falls apart. Yeah. Well, plus you establish, especially with the way you utilize your vehicle, you, uh, you establish an emotional bond with your vehicle. Oh, it's a team member for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That was the first brand new truck I ever bought in my life. I'd always mm-hmm. bought and used vehicle or, yeah. or bought used vehicles because, um, my, uh, you know, it's just how I was raised. And they, my, my family was always like, my grandfather was like, you'll get a better value on a, on a used vehicle because the margins are better and because they can flex more on them. And because uh, with a brand new vehicle, you lose too much initially when you drive it immediately off the lot of drops, mm-hmm. like 20 to 30% mm-hmm. value. <clears throat> so I listened to that my whole entire life. But then I was like, I'd always wanted a forest green Toyota truck and I'd always wanted a, you know, a new vehicle, just one. I'm like, I got to get a, I got to get the brand new car smell at least once in yeah. my life. And so I did, I, I bought it. It was a divorce gift to myself and I, <laughs> I bought it in 2012 and I love that truck. I, that I've adventured all over with it. I've driven coast to coast to coast to coast several times and I love it. So I'm, I was like, okay, I'm going to start getting this thing dialed in because at, at the time before, you know, 2012, like overlanding wasn't taking off here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't really start to see a lot of overlanding stuff take off here until I think it was 2015 and oh, maybe it was 16. What year did they come out with the sand color on the Toyota? It was 16. Okay. Then it was yeah, 16. It was my, I was, <clears throat> I mean, that's a really a catalyst for why I'm here, unfortunately. Cause yeah, I, it, fortunately, I will tell you, and that's what spiked with at least me noticing mm-hmm. the overlanding thing start to become a thing in the United States was, I was telling you earlier, we were doing that with our Hiluxes and that's the color our Hiluxes were. We would paint them that sand color mm-hmm. and the bumpers were painted sand and like, I've got all kinds of cool pictures I can show you, but we would modify them ourselves and like we, that was, we put ceramic armor kits on them and lift kits and mud terrain tires. <clears throat> God bless BF Goodrich. <laughs> And we would put ARB stuff and winches and toe straps and camo netting and like gun mounts and guns and ammo can carriers and all kinds of stuff. I got all that. I'm I'm not saying. I mean, you we get, it, yes, it's <laughs> you can get, you could get there really easy. <laughs> I'm super soaker mounts. It's yeah. Just... So the so the uh, I, which I love by the way. I'm like that's so awesome that she. It's California compliance. Rocks so those. So the uh, I was running in in Teton Park. And I came off this trail and wait, uh, like physically running? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, was, I was like out working out. And okay. I do that sometimes. Okay. I've had three knee surgeries, so I've slowed way down. But oh. I used to run ultra marathons, and so I was out wow. training. I was out. I was out training in Teton National Park. I was doing my like favorite little like six mile around the lake, around Jenny Lake. Okay. And I, which is a little lake at the base of the Grand Teton, and I popped out from the trail, and I was like walking into the parking lot, and a sand colored. Tacoma drove by and it was like some very similar to yours and was all rigged up and I was like it like I wouldn't say I had a flashback but it like definitely gave me a lot of pause and I was like what the fuck is somebody training here like (laughs) I know units come up here to train sometimes and so then I had to take like I did like a triple take on the truck to see who was driving it and like if a dude wearing multicam was going to get out of it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then that's when I noticed it. And then once I noticed it, then I started seeing it on everybody else's trucks coming in and out and then different accessories and different racks and different like bumpers and different types of gear attached to them and light setups. And that's when I first started noticing it. I'm like, I'm going to do that to my truck yeah, because I'd already been adventuring the shit out of this thing stock. So I was like, Oh, this will probably make my life way more fun, way more comfortable, way more easy. And I can probably get access and go, way more places that I couldn't with just a regular stock. Oh, absolutely. Truck, so. And and that some of the thought process cuz I kept mine pretty stock for over a year. Yeah. Um and but granted I was not doing this prior mm-hmm. to buying the truck. I was still I was getting my 
feet dirty, wet, mm. whatever. <laughs> I was I was green at this mm. whole thing. So just getting it out on dirt trails was a big deal for me. And then pushing it to, okay, a dirt trail I don't know. So we'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting into trouble here and there, nothing crazy, but enough to scare me. Mm-hmm. And doing that for a year was so beneficial for me because it really taught me how to drive. Yeah. Because I, I could have upgraded, and that would have been a great help off-road for sure. But it wouldn't have taught me the just my own vehicle and its tolerances and uh, what's the best line to choose, how to choose a line, and why you do that, and wh- what are the weak points on the underside of your vehicle. Uh, all of that stuff has aided as I've grown in the sport of off-road driving. You mean you don't just say fucking pin the throttle and fucking no, go? No, that doesn't work well. <laughs> oh. I've been doing it wrong then. You have a tundra. I'm like, fuck it, more gas. I don't have a lot of, I have the underpowered little brother. So yeah. I've got two, two words for you. Supercharger. You know, give me the, give me the specs on a supercharger for a Tacoma. I have not seen one that I like. No? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I've talked to some of the companies that have done those and Mm -hmm. um, they just couldn't, didn't work. There is a, um, there's a, there's a company I found on Instagram. And they haven't posted forever. I'm going to have to look them. They're called Diesel Toys. Mm. And they've been doing turbo diesel. Like They'll import the turbo diesel engine from somewhere that goes into Hilux. And then they retrofit it to fit in Tacomas. I feel like I heard something. There might have been something weird about that one recently. Mm-hmm. I'll, show you the, I'll show you the page. Okay. So anyway, you're, you just decided. So what, what spawned? <laughs> I'm super curious. Like what spawned the. How did I move from New York City and do this? Oh, is that where you came from? Yeah, it's even crazier, right? Oh man, you were li- so you were living in in, in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. What neighborhood? Were you? What borough were you in? Oh, I w- well downtown, and then uh, finished out in Hoboken. So okay. I was actually in Jersey. It gets worse. I lived in Jersey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But it's Hoboken. It, Hoboken does not identify as New Jersey, so mm. that's uh, that's my excuse there. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever go to New Jersey. I'm just saying. Oh no, I don't know if I'll ever. Jeez, I don't know if I'd ever go back to New York as of right now. I try not to go to the East Coast unless, and there's some, there's some, there's a few places I like yeah. on the East Coast. Like I like Savannah, I like um, Providence uh, up in Rhode Island. I've been to New Hampshire. I still, I, the only state I haven't been to on the East Coast is there's two, there's two, Vermont and Maine. Those are the only two I haven't been. Oh, to Oh, Vermont, you're the must. And everybody's like, dude, you're missing the best parts uh, yeah. of the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Vermont I got was like the hideaway. Yeah. To well, yeah, so I alluded that I started this six years ago mm-hmm. um, with the purchase of the truck and fell so, into this. So you came from New York. What were you doing in New York? Oh, just work, business. That was just traveled around for jobs in uh, D.C. prior to that and grew up. What was your trade craft, though? What were you doing? Oh, well, so this gets really interesting. I was a dog walker in New York City. <laughs> this my, my this story just got is, so much better my resume just now. Is, uh, really interesting. So, <laughs> I've heard that you can make awesome money at that. You do. Yeah. You make really good money. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild because uh, it's all cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cash system, and most people that have the dog walkers, uh, at least all of my clients, were um, no kids, so their mm-hmm. dogs are their kids. Mm-hmm. So you are like babysitting. Yeah, you're like daycare. the dog nanny. And you're like the nanny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it was it was so closely related to being a nanny that when a couple that I knew very well did get mm-hmm. pregnant, they proposed, "Would you become our nanny?" And I'm like, "I'm your dog walker." They're yeah, like, oh, "No, but we'd love to." Children? Did you say children? No. <laughs> not even interested. I can't do kids. I got to go now. Bye. I oh, look at the time. I got to go. kids in crates mm-hmm. and not get in trouble for that. So um, oh, I feel like I just dodged a bullet there with that phrase. It's <laughs> awesome. So awesome. So you're dog walking in New York. So what, what spawned the move back to the West Coast? 
Um, what was the catalyst moment? It, for that? New York was going to kill me. Yeah, as it <laughs> does think, most humans. Yeah. yeah, I think there is something so fun about the pace there, and so attractive. There's, mm-hmm. there is. I mean, that the that city has a literal heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, it never sleeps. It's unbelievable. There was something very intoxicating about yeah. that. Um, I love food. I love. Um, I like to go there to visit. I'll, oh, I'll go there abs- for three or four days, but then after that, I'm, I'm like, I'll oh, peace out. Gotta go. Absolutely. So trying to live there, trying to survive, not being native. I think yeah. there is something a benefit that some native. You did, there's a different. I don't know, just a different breed. If you've been mm-hmm. born and raised there, it's like okay, you could survive this. But anybody who's lived anywhere else, like this is this is so toxic for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so expensive. So you're just killing yourself to survive like everyone else. So. Southern California's home, uh, obviously found my parents are here and all, you know, yeah. family and all that. So decided to make the trek back home and kind of reset life. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, like I said, just started wanting to explore the outdoors again. Grew up like fishing and exploring with my dad and my mom. Yeah. But, mom and dad still around? Yeah, they're oh, still around. Fantastic. Um, but they don't, they didn't like to camp at all. So I had no experience with that. My mom was very much like, I need a hotel. It's a day trip type deal. Outdoor outdoor adventuring was a day trip thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or we always went back. Yeah. Always went back to the hotel. So I just never, I just didn't even fathom that I would be doing this. It's, Mm -hmm. it's wild. Yeah. It's wild, this transition. And I, you know, I thought I needed a shower every day and there's no way, you know, I need a toilet, like a real toilet. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm totally comfortable with being that girl. Yeah. And now you look at me like grabbing a shovel and hitting the wood line. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. Like, yeah. who am I? Shit in like, the woods. <laughs> that's it's what we're doing now. It's <laughs> what we're doing now. I saw your post on it. It made me laugh. It's, 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 the transition has been wild. Mm-hmm. But really cool because I think it also has given me a great voice to speak to women who look at me and go, I could never do what you do yeah. for these reasons. And I'm like, I totally understand that. And maybe you can't. Maybe you won't ever do it. But just because you can't right now doesn't mean you won't in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so Well, and baby steps. Oh, absolutely. I remember when I first got turned on to ultra running, I was like, people that do that are fucking mental. And I can't imagine even, like, the furthest I'd ever ran up to, like, I hadn't even run a half marathon. Like, the furthest I ever ran in the military, I think, was, like, 12 miles. And so I'd never run anything further than 12. And so when I started getting introduced to this sport uh, by my ex-girlfriend, she she, she was, she's a beast. She's ran the Wasatch 100, like, six times. Like, she's a savage. Okay. We're like, we'll crush you. Meaning me. (laughs) Crush me. She crush the shit out of me so uh, which was my first kind of my first introduction to like appreciating uh female athletes and appreciating because you know obviously growing up on a ranch in wyoming by very conservative p- traditional parents that had traditional roles yeah. and all the gender bias stuff that goes along with that like your job is to wash dishes and cook and take care of the kids my job is to go out and earn the money and provide type household situation right um and then going into the military in the era that i served in now there's like girls that are like commandos and shit mm-hmm. and like i just was on the internet the other day surfing through once again my feed where i found i found you and uh i was running across marines female marines that are from my occupational like they're infantry now and i'm like what the fuck is this because it's just it blew me away and i wasn't used to that but dating her she was a savage athlete and just destroyed me and that did some things for my ego and also was a super valuable lesson in like learning to appreciate that mm-hmm. in women and it like it really she did a, a really great job in dismantling a lot of my inadvertent sex uh, um, sexist tend- tendencies that I just didn't even know I had okay you know just like those instant thoughts of popping you know in your head and and it completely dismantled that and then that's where I've like really now 
like really I love I love watching girls crush the fuck out of dudes and I love watching them come into male dominated sports and fucking kick ass yeah. which is one of the reasons why like when I was going through my feed and I, I popped on your page and then I, I looked at everything you're doing and I was like oh I have to definitely talk to this person and at least give her a high five and be like <laughs> amazing job at coming in and like into a male dominated sport and being like an amazing ambassador to usher in other you know female I don't, I don't know if we call them athletes but female participants in yeah, the sport for and, lack of a better word yeah. that's what it has to be but yeah, yeah. it's uh it's fun it's yeah. it's been a a reluctant fun I don't like I said I there's a lot of I don't know what I'm doing here like I don't know why why are you talking like why do people want to talk to me why like we we just I know we, I can present I I know I adventure at a pace that is not normal I know I present it in a unique way mm-hmm. all of those things I get it okay I could see why you're you're landing on the page why you're seeing our photos why you're interested but beyond that, like, I don't feel much different than everyone else that's that's out there doing it. But you're setting an amazing example of, like, what you can do when you cannonball into the pool from a female perspective. Yeah. And and that's been something I've had to kind of be okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, because for, like, I, right when I jumped in, uh, I did a Falcon Tire pick me up as a sponsor right mm-hmm. away. Again, it was, like, a female driver. Like, yeah dude, what can we do to support you? Like, let's, and so they've been a great sponsor of the truck for years. Um, but they also were like, Hey, would you be interested in doing a girl run? And so I jumped about eight, it was like a year, year and a couple months of doing this. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking 15 women out with their vehicles out on some trail. And I, it was the worst for, it was a great day. The girls Mm -hmm. had a great time. Everyone had fun. I had the worst day ever. It was so stressful for me. And I, Unpack that. I am. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Um, women <laughs> <laughs> women do weird things off-road. And so not knowing how to vet an experience level, mm-hmm. I just let women come that just told me they could do it. And I uh, I saw your mandatory tire changing video. Oh, that, that's now. Yeah, now I, <laughs> I ask for some. But even that, like, it's been amazing what mm-hmm. I've seen ladies do off-road. Mm-hmm. And it's just that my focus is ladies. I, men do weird mm-hmm stupid yes we're dumb we're dumb dumb animals yeah my knuckles drag on the ground <laughs> i have to wear gloves so my knuckles don't get skinned up but there's a responsibility aspect and i'm i am as i've gotten older i'm very aware of how much of a control freak i am yeah and it is very much accentuated by putting me in an event scenario where i have women mm. with um, independent ideas of how to do things and i want to give them that freedom but i also want them to do it exactly how i want them to do it and I'm, I'm right because mine's the safe way and I want you to go home and, you know, like I can justify all of these control I'm so much the opposite of that. I'm like, yeah, fucking hit that gas. Roll that fucker. Who cares? Okay. You got insurance, right? I am not the one. Put your seatbelt on and go for it. Have you, have you seen women in a panic? It is not a good thing. Like <laughs> I am going to be the one that has to deal with like, you know, the tourniquet and making sure like mm-hmm. someone's calling, you know, the helicopter in at the right spot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. Um, so I've been, again, very reluctant because of that first experience and that was not Falcon's fault by any means, but it was just, that has been my pushback to the thing is I so don't, was, I don't want to be a leader. So it's self-induced. You had self-induced stress basically because you were worried. You were super concerned about all these ladies. I just found that, yeah, yeah running events. You felt responsible. The responsibility I just could. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anyway. Like, and now you're asking me to go out and be a leader because I have a personality that can speak and be like out in front and do this thing that's all well and good Mm -hmm. but I'm like 
I have, I mean, the, what is it, that complex you get, the like imposter's complex or imposter syndrome, syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Um, never felt that more. It's been great to have to deal with that, Mm -hmm. but that has, this activity has highlighted that because my personality puts me in the front a lot. Um, because I, (laughs) I love this conversation. I'm the control freak and I don't have a problem with attention in, in a, and I, that's a balance or a delicate thing I'm trying to do correctly, but I don't have any problem like taking the lead on things and being out front. I also have learned that I don't have any problem being like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that's great. Yeah. Super highlight that. And I like the vulnerability that you just like put out there just now where you're like, yeah, I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing half the time. And that's the big secret people. That's what I say to all my people. Like people hit me up and all the time they're like, how did you do this? And how did you do that? I'm like, I build the fucking plane while I'm flying it all the time, (laughs) all the time. I'm like, yeah, I got this bitch off the ground. I don't know how we're going to land it. (laughs) It doesn't have landing gear right now. There's not even tires. There's no rims on the little posts that come down to like for the plane to sit on. I don't know. We might die. Somebody should probably find some parachutes right now. And that's the, that is the big secret to everything is like, you just figure it out along the way. Sometimes I think being comfortable with that, will figure it out. Uh, has been like I, that has been something like an epiphany I've had because I I travel a lot with Liz, uh, one of my girlfriends, and she uh, is a little bit more uh, reserved in that, and she would like a little bit more of a plan. You guys are I, hilarious! Like I was loving the, the <laughs> dancing video, the, the dancing stories. I don't know how are... we found each other. I mean, I do, but it's great. Um, but we were laying in the tent on this last trip, and we just got that big storm that came through the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. Of course, I just planned something on the weekend that that's going yeah, to hit of course. Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was dying laughing, reading, like watching all your stories. We're freezing. It's I, windy. Yeah. Wind is like every mm-hmm. overlander's nightmare. It's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, we're out trying to survive, but it was one night. It was like 3 a.m. We're having our nightly 3 a.m. talk because mm-hmm. the wind feels like it's going to rip the tent off the truck and mm-hmm. the rain's hit. And I'm like, yeah, you're going like this. I'm going, yeah. are we going to get off the trail in the morning? And she's she wanted to get off. She's like, it's, it's going to snow all night. Like, we have a thing to do it in the morning. Like we need to get off trail now. And I'm like, dude, it's 2 a.m. Like, where are we going? Mm-hmm. We got to get it's two hours to get off trail. And finally I just rolled over in the sleeping bag in the tent and I'm just like, we'll figure it out. We know how to drive. We'll figure it out. And I think I could hear her going that. like, uh, mm-hmm. like, this is not the decision I want you to make. Mm-hmm. You'll be okay. Just breathe through your nose. But yeah. And, and to her credit, I need her a hundred percent of it. Like I need that voice of reason. But in that moment, I just was like, I couldn't do another like no sleep night. We'd had a, quite mm-hmm. a few of them already. And I'm like, I think I'm going to be a better person if I just sleep and then we can handle whatever we, mm-hmm. and we woke up in the morning and there wasn't snow on the ground and it was fine. And we survived another day, but that we'll figure it out mentality. How often do you guys get together for adventuring? Cause we you, try didn't you say you like had to pick every her up? other month? She's currently in uh, Montana. Okay. Oh, so she lives in a great state. Base. Yeah. So trying to get my butt up there, but um, she's up in Montana and but is similar to me in the mindset where we just kind of meet up all over the place and then with the implementation of the ladies night campouts which i've been doing this year has kind of given us a little bit more of a like a destination or a schedule with where i'm going to be so we've been able to link up in like utah and um she came down to california before oregon and then drove up with me to oregon and then i got her over to montana so we just work we're we're odd Mm-hmm. That we can get together as much. How as did we you guys do. meet? Uh, so she is um, our Overland Life. Uh, her and Brett, they are uh, they are a couple, but they drive separately. And so when we started out doing this five six years ago, um, I was in the same boat. 
So mm. my husband and I drove. Uh, he was very active. Well, we were both learning. Right. Um, but he drove, and uh, but we drove separately. But that was very odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, people couldn't handle that. But there was like, well, why are you driving? And I was like, well, he doesn't have to drive. Also, mm. the whole reason so was that the whole some, reason some of the we do the whole reason we do this play? thing is because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. He saw the benefit of it, was willing to come along for the ride. But unlike most of the couples, and there's nothing wrong with this, I I, I just want to highlight that there can be a different version mm-hmm. of it. The female can be the instigator of the activity. Completely agree with that. Yeah. Um. And, but it's but the community doesn't know how to handle that. It's like. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like, so there's someone driving in the background. There's some dude, like, well, obviously someone's taking the photos. These kids, like, all these things. Yeah, that, like, okay, yeah, get, so, so, yeah, so we'll back up on that. Yeah, like, I was talking about when she showed up, when we were setting this up, I was talking about how I came across her on my Instagram feed. And, like, you know, I'm basically doing my industry recon of, uh, of the overlanding space and, like, looking at different people and different companies and vehicles and stuff like that. And she pops up in my feed. And so I start going through there. And, and then I'm, like, looking, looking, and I'm, like because and I laughed hysterically because I was talking about how we have gun bunnies in our industry mm-hmm. who use tits and ass and guns to get attention and get followers and get likes and they're not shooters right at all like right. they've got their boyfriend's gun out and then they put on a bikini and then they like hold it all fucked up and sit next to the pool and like show a lot of <laughs> cleavage and then like 4000 followers later so I started going through posts I'm like I got a little suspect at first cuz I was like there's no way I was like this truck is really rad and I was like there's no way this is Where's her boyfriend at? Where's her husband oh. at? Like, where's the dude that's behind the scenes here and she's driving his truck? And so I, like, started going down and then I was quickly, my myth was dispelled. Yeah, I, I mean. I just did some open source, anal- you know, analytics on your page. Okay. And You're I was welcome like, to stock. We all do yeah, it. Yeah, and I was like, oh, there is no dude. There is no dude. Like, this is her. She's legit. And then, and then I was super excited because I was like, I like authenticity in people. Well, and, and so the truck has been, is my build a hundred percent, which has been really fun. And that process. It's an amazing looking truck and I'm sure so emasculating to some, to some. Oh yeah. That's really, that's fun. I mean, I've, I've learned how to kind of take a softer approach to that, (laughs) but there, there are times where I'd like to, Uh... yeah, boys, boys show that they're boys real fast Mm -hmm. sometimes. Uh, That's okay. That's okay. That's, they gotta, they gotta grow up sometimes. Yes. So I love that very much. And then I love when girls come out and they outshoot guys where they like they've like they're just good naturally good shooters or they've had a background in it like they're they grew up yeah similar to how i grew up on a ranch or whatever and um they they can come step right out on and like pretend like they're naive and i've seen this happen a couple times my buddy was dating this girl and and her and i had uh had a sidebar discussion and she's like yeah i grew up here and did this and i i hunt and i killed a nice white tail last year and he didn't know about any of this oh man and so they went out on the range together and i was just i was like here it comes (laughs) And so he's like doing the mansplaining thing where he's like, okay, sweetheart, this is the, and she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she just takes it from him and is like, K-k-k-k-k-k-k. and like bullseyes. And she's like pinging steel at multiple different distances. And he just sat, his like mouth like just dropped. And I could tell he was so, in that moment, he was so, I don't know if, I don't think he was emasculated, but he was, he was disappointed that like, he thought this was going to be something. His moment. Where his moment be- where he could shine, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. He could shine and super impress her, and she crushed him. And I was like, I had to turn away because I was laughing so much, and I had to go to my truck. And it's it's been interesting though, because I mean, regardless of whether it's a partner relationship mm-hmm. or just a a, a man, because I mean, there's a lot of be, being a female in a male mm-hmm. uh, dominated industry. There are a lot of men that I that I do glean from as far mm-hmm. as just information or look up to that I. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have to have just female leaders or, or people that I, I can look to, uh, but. 
it really does show how how alpha are you mm-hmm. to see a woman that is competing um, against the men and may, and doing it correctly because there are yeah. there are incorrect ways and reasons to shun people I think for sure but that's a terrible way to say that but whatever um, it's okay it's all right this. It's not a family show, so you don't have to worry about it. We can say fuck and like all, all the things. <laughs> oh, that's not what that's I meant. A, I just, that's okay. Okay, can, I can say whatever yep, I want. Yep, you can okay, say gotcha. whatever you want. But it's been fun to see, uh, and I, I would consider myself an alpha female. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've gotten older, I'm able to acknowledge that if, a, depending on how a dude reacts mm-hmm. to what we present, yeah. uh, I can kind of tip my hat at people. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like you can, we can play with like in the same sandbox like because mm-hmm. i i want to see man like in a society of just beta males who are who are <laughs> insecure and in that insecurity instead mm-hmm. of acknowledging and working through it which we all do because we all have insecurities mm-hmm. instead of taking those ooh, that's not good i don't like how i reacted to that how do i better myself they mm-hmm. dig their heels in man and they become these like terrible individuals where you're like yeah, this isn't going to serve you well no. like i don't know where we're going with this so in a society that has coddled that um i am it's fun to be a, a an alpha female that can like acknowledge alpha men and mm-hmm. like can be a part of the same community. And it's like, all right, we could. What do we want to do? Let's move forward with this. Let's. I mean, in a stupid way, like, how can we change the world? Like, yeah. So just just note for all of the for all the fellows out there that struggle with this, just celebrate the fact that she can crush you at, <laughs> at something or maybe many things, and just celebrate it. Give her a high five. Celebrate it. Use it as yeah. incentive to mm-hmm. d- practice more or, or yeah. change something about yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. Find what she's weak at and get really good <laughs> at it and then fucking talk so much shit she all the time. She will respect that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the right woman will respect that. That's what I do. I, no. I'm like, okay, well, you just outshot me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to find out how to load the dishwasher better than you. Yeah, and then I'm going to talk you know, so much shit. There is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I, Partnership is partnership. I, I know you referenced, I don't have any problem with the gender roles. Yeah. Um, I do think to to put someone there and say they can't leave that is incorrect. Um, but gender roles are there for because stereotypes are a thing and mm-hmm. men and women have certain qualities that usually lend them to certain activities. That's totally fine. Right. Those are, there's a usually word in there though. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's sometimes there's outliers and then we can also push against some of those boundaries and yeah. move into other areas. Um, yeah, as a joke, I thought there was two jokes that I was gonna that I considered playing on you, and I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I should probably test the water here with her as a human before I like start playing practice. One, I was going to when I thought about asking you to come on the podcast, I thought I almost sent you me a video of of me changing my tire and sending that to you. <laughs> Since that's, that's a requirement to go on any of your trips, I yes. was like, I should joke around, and fuck, fuck around here, and, like change my tire real quick and send her a video of that. Can you change your tire? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, I just got my high lift jack because it dawned on me that I was driving around and I was like, holy shit, like uh, my little piece of shit, like jack is not going to lift my truck up. Yep. And I completely, I com- it was something that I just completely, it was a gear thing that I completely overlooked. Yeah. And I, and there I was, I was driving, I was actually driving up to, it was after I left um, Expo okay. and I was driving because I went from Expo and I drove immediately up to Washington to go do a uh, uh, to support some veterans activities up in Washington. And so I was driving up there and I was on the road and it just like hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do if I get a flat? Because my little piece of shit jack, my truck's lifted high enough now that like my little jack is not going to lift this beast up now because it's so tall. And I was like, oh shit, I, I'm fucked if I blow a tire. I cannot tell you how that realization, how much that has 
I've heard that yeah. so much over the years. Yeah. So while I was up in um, while I was up in Washington, I went over to the fine folks over at uh, was it uh, Dos Mule 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 Outfitters? Oh yeah. Mule, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mule Outfitters. I think they're called Dos Mule. Anyway, great organization, great people. I talked to them a little bit at the at the expo and uh, stopped into their shop up there in Issaquah and got a. Got a few, got a few things for the truck that I needed. Some that, goodies that, yeah, some goodies that I needed, and so one of can. them, one of them was a high lift jack. So oh, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm so fucked if this, if I, if I blow a tire. Well, and that's been, it's fun because so, I do require that um, women to attend our thing is that they change a tire, and it's so funny the pushback uh, that I, it's funny that I get pushback on mm-hmm. this one, and then the the ways I get pushback mm-hmm. from women is always comical, mm-hmm. um, but the ones that do it and. I think there's probably at least five that have gone to do it and didn't realize that mm-hmm. the lift they put on their forerunner, and they have maybe a modest forerunner, it's nothing mm-hmm. even crazy, but their bottle jack no longer applies yeah. to what you've done to your vehicle. Yeah, it, you're screwed if and, you try and use and it. And they wouldn't have known it had someone not forced them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's a, a little like collar pop, a little uh, mm-hmm. proud of myself. Like at least I'm doing something. At least yes. there's like, we're teaching women like a practical, like one, you should all know how to change a tire, period. Just, I don't care if you offer it or not. You, that's the skill. Ladies, let's figure that out. Two, as you change your vehicle, like your gear has to change and mm-hmm. you need to see how that works. And Or like getting a, you know, the, the lugs at the keys now, all those yep. wheels. And it's like people forget that you're going to have to mm-hmm. have a special, you might need something extra. You have to have a special doodad to take your tire lugs off your that. tires. Yeah. I hate that we've done that. Yeah. Anyway. So the, and then, so the, the other joke that I was going to play on you because of your, your very, appropriate conscious security conscious mind in mm. this thing coming together and I'm happening. never living this down am i no and i noticed that you're carrying a knife were you gonna stab me with that was that oh i'm going? always carrying a weapon. okay perfect i'm so okay that makes me so happy i was like i wonder if she specially wore that just for me no uh <laughs> i was gonna get either a michael myers in the spirit of halloween i was either gonna get a michael myers mask or a scream mask and i was gonna put my hoodie on and put the mask on and i was gonna wait for you to show up and then I was going to have a plastic knife, and I was going to stand and st- come to your window and stare at you awkward- awkwardly through your window. You that's do know joke. that's how you get shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I decided it wasn't. I decided against it. I was like, "That's probably it'd be funny for like two seconds until <laughs> she puts a hundred, couple hundred and fifteen grain nine mils in your in your, in your high thoracic, <laughs> until you're in, or until she like sticks a really sharp knife in your clavicle area. So in your in your in your yeah. clavicle notch. So I'm always gonna vote with you. Probably should get to know the girl before you. Yeah, before you play, play jokes like, like that. murder jokes. That's yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I opted out of both of that. Wise, wise those. move, Brian. Yeah. For my own personal security, I was like, "That's probably not. A, it's probably not. A, this is a girl that's got a really rad truck, likes guns, and probably knows how to use all of them. So let's not. Maybe let's just not push push your luck. So, but I am a big practical jokester, just so you know. And then, uh, but I, the one thing that I wanted to back up and talk to you about because you just mentioned it was the. And this is, I guess, where we can segue and you can talk about your, you know, what your mission is and with. Is your company called Mountain Yote or like what is oh, it? Oh yeah, well yeah, it, it's. Yeah, I don't know what is my company. Because that's how I found you, like off the gram. I because if you Google Mountain Yacht, yeah, I googled Mountain. It Yote, is Mountain Yacht, and, and, and people it took me to your think it's yacht. Uh, they go back and forth because they actually try to read a license plate phonetically, which mm-hmm. always cracks me up. I'm like, when yeah. did we ever spell correctly yeah. on a license plate? But um, it works both ways. It literally was. I didn't want it to be Yoda. Yeah, because uh, there's always a star. I, not that there's anything wrong with the Star Wars reference. Mm-hmm. I just have zero connection to it. So I was like, well, I don't. It's not a Yoda to me. We're gonna have to remedy that. That's well, right. I, can't, that's... I can't even believe you said that. I can't even. I can't even write. I can't even with you right now. If you can't, sorry, if I... you can't quote Star Wars, 
I'm not wow. saying I haven't seen it. I'm just not a fanatic about it. That's fine. That's fine. All that to say. So Yoda didn't make sense to me, but Mountain Yoda did. And it came off of a Death Valley trip. There was a couple of coyotes that would frequent mm-hmm. a stretch of highway through Death Valley. Yeah. Um, had stopped and was observing them and realized they were kind of the same color as the truck. Now I realize that's probably obvious to most people, mm-hmm. but it was, oh, it's a little, and I call coyotes yotes. Mm-hmm. And so it just was mountain yote. And then there was a reference to being a mountain goat because it mm-hmm. would be up in the mountains. So it just, I don't know, it was just a big play on words. I like it. So I knew exactly what you were talking about. I knew what you were going for. I knew, I knew where you, what you were aiming at. But some people are like, is it a boat? Are you? Is it a yacht? Like, are you trying? So oh, there's man. some, and I'm like, well, in a in a sense, it's kind of a big boat. I don't know. It's a Toyota. I don't That's... know. I didn't feel like I thought about it that hard, but people, it's become kind of on. a com- a yacht. No, so it's a yeah, great looking truck. So then, yeah, so your mission with like education, I feel like the thing I love about uh, Overlanding Expo, and I didn't know this because it's my first expo, but mm. going into it, I didn't realize that there's so much. Uh, there's a huge education component. Mm. that they do with like classes and stuff like that, which I think is fantastic. But I also see where there's a huge, huge gap in the market, in the in the overlanding market for, for that kind of thing, for like just people, like we were just talking about, like, hey, if you put a suspension package on your truck and raise it, you need to get a different jack because you're not going to, if you get it flat, like just little stuff like that. And then like, how do you even do a build? Like, where do you, where do you start with it? Like, and because I, I scoured the internet and there was really no, I couldn't find any like, things that I'm used to seeing in terms of like a instructor, professional level instructor, educational, you know, PDF on, you know, kind of like a period of instruction on anything. I couldn't find anything on it. And I just started talking to people and they're like, well, just like building a house, you want to build it on a great foundation and that foundation is going to be your suspension package. So like don't skimp. If there's one thing you don't skimp on on the vehicle, it's the suspension package. Absolutely. So they're like, don't skimp on that. Yeah. Like, bu- get the best suspension you can afford for your budget. Right. Obviously, budget's a thing, but if they're like, if you can afford top of the line stuff, like get get top of the line stuff. So yeah. so yeah. So I followed that advice, and my suspension package is probably still the most expensive thing on the truck at six thousand dollars. But we're not gonna we're not gonna talk <laughs> they're about. They're brutal. Yeah. So we're not gonna talk about it. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's important to do that. But I had to do a bunch of research and couldn't really find what I was looking for. And so I just started talking to people and there's a lot of word of mouth, great advice, a lot of word of mouth education out there. But I'm like, I, I want to see somebody do like an overlanding you online where it's like, you've got basic intermediate and advanced level, like not only how to build stuff or how to put implement things on your vehicle, but also how to drive. Mm -hmm. Like let's do, you know, some recovery stuff. And you know, it's one of the things that I told, I got a, a relationship, um, very randomly ran into the uh, Team Overland guys. Mm-hmm. And they I think they tracked me down from the podcast. They were listening to my podcast, and that's how they tracked me down. But they invited me out to go to a trip, and we had a great time, and it was amazing. And, you know, I told them, I was like, hey, you know what would make your guys' trips even better is if you, like, in- interject, like, an educational component in this. So, like, people are getting introduced to the sport. They're coming out. But, like, walk around. Talk about your vehicles. Talk about – do a walk around on your rig. Talk about why you picked this truck, why you picked this suspension, what you started with. What are the steps if you're a beginner and you want to start modifying your vehicle for overlanding or for you know, off-roading? Because I know some people have <laughs> problems with whole word overlanding. Anyway, off-roading, for-buying, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Driving your truck on not great terrain. Like, what are the what are the things you want to take into consideration while you're you're doing a build? And then like you know, kind of have a a professional instructional approach to that, like A plus B equals C type thing. Right. And I don't see a lot of that. You don't. 
Well, it, it's not. Well, it's not cohesive. Like I don't feel like the language is the same universally yet. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's coming, but it's uh, it's like sporadic. Mm-hmm. Like someone will get it. Like someone will start to do that. Start to dabble in that. They you know highlight a bunch of vehicles and then it it morphs into something else. And, right. Um, there's there's always been walk around videos. I've been a part of those over the years, like with uh, large accounts or large right. uh, distribution accounts. Henry's not. But he's starting to get. He is. I know Henry. You're okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the real celebrity of the show. As I mentioned earlier, I'm just using you to get to Henry. Gotcha. So. That's okay. We're going to get him on the cast. We're going to interview him. Oh, he's... We'll get some... Is he a bacon fan? Does he love... I don't know many dogs that don't love bacon. No, I don't... Yeah, I don't think he'd say no, but... There yeah, we go. I hear you, bud. <laughs> anyway, he... Uh, Henry. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if... I don't know why they haven't been successful, why mm-hmm. that hasn't been more of a focus um, all of us have kind of been told like, oh, you have to tell your story of why you built your vehicle. And then usually that resonates with some mm-hmm. people. I will say though, that it's so personal, the builds, mm-hmm. that I have a hard time telling people that like this is the roadmap. I just try to impart like the mentality you should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, like, you know, the, the wisdom of um, the foundation needs to be strong. So, you know, to your budget the extent of your budget, like invest in your suspension. I say the same thing. I also use a lot of my own experience that I drove at stock for, you know, I got new good tires and a set of sliders for my mistakes and then drove it. Mm -hmm. And that was really educational for me because then I I knew I wanted to invest in my suspension, but I don't know what suspension, what am I even buying? Like, you know, $3,000 was just sick versus $6,000. What's the difference? Well, you right. could tell me all day, but I have no idea the words you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that doesn't make any practical sense to me. So you have to go out and use it and understand where the vehicle is lacking yeah. to then understand what you need. So to me, I think it would be beneficial to impart that wisdom to people. But even then, like, what is your next step? Like for some people, it's like, don't get a suspension. You use this vehicle off-road three, four times a year. Yeah. A $6,000 suspension is a waste of money. Yeah, but it'll look good. Okay. So are we building to look good? Because it's Instagram world. For the gram, duh. Obviously. I get it. But I, 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 I'm trying to kind of rein people in that, like, we all got to build at an ex- like a ridiculous pace. Because I came in at a weird time where social media was kicking off. Instagram was popping for the off-road overland community. The truck, third gen, was brand new. That color was brand new. And it happened to be a female driver. And I just, I struck timing gold Hmm. with that. Um, It's let me work with a lot of companies and be, take advantage of that in a lot of great ways. But that's not normal. That's not a normal pace that I got to, that's a budget that, that's a dream budget. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not normal. So trying to kind of bring like some reality back, I think is beneficial to the community and helpful to people. Like you don't have to look like us. I know you'll want to, Mm -hmm. but like that. Like, you had a credit card bills. <laughs> right. And, like, let's be smart about this. And also, I've built because I am out for 40 to 50% of the year in my truck. So I have built because I'm in it that much. I'm, yeah, I'm using it yeah. that much. So I can uh, justify the expense mm-hmm. of doing that and the, the effort and the time that goes behind that. Whereas if you're just – if this is just a vacation mobile for, a, you know, a handful of times a year, like – this is going to be a significantly more conservative build because it's used on highway majority of the time. Yeah. You don't need all this stuff. But that's hard because I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm in marketing. I'm, mm. I'm here to sell stuff. Yes. Um, do you get conflicted on that sometimes? I do, but I've always been very, very <clears throat> honest with that. I yeah. think um, this is a dream and I love it and I have a oppor- lot of opportunities, but 
I still have always wanted to build for when something breaks. I don't build just to put it on there. I, I ran, I mean, I don't know how wise this was, but I got away with ran, running without a winch for almost five years. Mm. Uh, now, I'm, I was very conservative, especially when I was by myself um, or, you know, thankfully. was That's able- shocking because the second thing that my people told me to do, they were like, build a good foundation, get the suspension. And I was like, what's the next thing? They're like, get a winch because you're a dipshit who doesn't drive in technical terrain all the time and you're going to get fucking stuck and you're going to need a way if you're by yourself to get to get out of it and I don't say that's totally wrong um I do think I kind of lucked out in a lot of ways um there was a couple times I was able just to strap a toe strap on and I was able to get myself out of other trouble with Mm -hmm. other vehicles um when I am by myself I am very conservative Mm -hmm. I don't mess around uh with you don't go crawling you don't go crawling by yourself I I just have never that does that puts me in an uncomfortable mind headspace and that's not fun for me I want to know I can get myself out of everything. So if I am feeling under-equipped, we're going to act accordingly. Maybe that's a female brain thing. I'm not sure. No, I think that's a smart human brain thing. <laughs> but I got away uh, with we're dumb gorillas and uh, my <laughs> stupid ass, I'd be like, yeah, 45 degree departure angle on this little chunk of trail and into a 90 degree turn. I got this shit. Yeah. I don't nope. know. Maybe, maybe there's, well, whatever. I got away with it, but I went out on a trail early this summer and was out with a bunch of vehicles. Nothing was on something smaller than 35 size, 35 tires. Mm-hmm. I'm on 33 still. I don't plan on changing, but we found my limits. It looks on... like that thing gets pretty good for what you've got on it. Oh, it, I max it out, but yeah, it, yeah I'm very happy with it. I really shouldn't be doing anything crazier than what it's allowed to do, <laughs> but I found its limits and got hung up several times and that was the all right you're getting a winch and Mm. so within a couple months you know i had one (laughs) i was like that it's happening um i've reached the point of what i'm doing that now i'm gonna find myself getting into trouble so i've always waited until that moment though Mm -hmm. that i've like okay there's an actual like i am deficient here how do i fix this and that's what is the catalyst for my upgrades yeah so how are you when you want to increase your driving skill and acumen like what are your what are your ways to do that? Go out like, and scare the crap out of yourself. Okay, good. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, when I want to be a better runner or a better shooter or a better fill-in-the-blank, like, I go and do those activities, and then I increase the difficulty level until I fucking fail at it. And then I'm like, okay, cool, let's back it up a couple steps now and, like, absolutely learn and then I respond remediate. to mental or physical pain very, very quickly. Hmm. But other than that, I'm very stubborn, and I got this, and I know what I'm doing. So maybe that's normal. That's probably a normal human trait <laughs> that we respond to that. But I've found that that's, uh, I have to go out and just have, like, be. So who do you take with you when you're like, I need to go tackle some technical training and get some, like, oh. miles under my belt, like, doing some hard stuff? I went out with a bunch of, uh, the the trip I'm referring to is a Center Force organized run. So it's all um, manual transmissions mm-hmm. with running Center Force clutches. And we went out and all of these vehicles, these are very seasoned uh guys who have been yep. doing this not maybe for decades a couple of them yeah. but these are also guys with very big jeeps mm. um and i was the only t- toyota that showed up and definitely like the smallest tires the most like just stupidly under oh you were in you were in jeep land huh you oh were, i was in jeep land you were in the you were okay that's okay mm-hmm. we could play together um sometimes it doesn't work out <laughs> well i've i've had no problems but I'll chalk that up to being a girl. Fuck you, Jeep uh, fuckers. <laughs> we weren't driving Jeeps in Afghanistan in the Hindu Kush. We were driving, we were driving Hiluxes. Well, they break too often. Yeah. They need the Toyotas. Yeah, to, they're terrible. To either go get parts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was out with a bunch of uh, very overbuilt 
vehicles. And they were all willing to work with me and get me through the whatever I needed to. And these were also very seasoned spotters, guys who just um, like ultimate adventure guys up right. in Alaska. So was able to trust them. And I'm very big on trust. I don't trust a lot of people. Um, I know you showed up here with a knife. I th- I don't trust a lot of people off-road. Maybe I'm the one that should be scared. <laughs> Maybe I'm like, hey, security guy, can you come stand over here? I might be. Well, we're not going to talk about my weapons, but probably. No, I don't know. I might be over more than you. More weapons than you over here? Maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe we can we can talk about we'll that. We can talk off. about that. We'll talk about that later. It wouldn't surprise me, since you've got the vehicle that you've got, that you would also have, you know, maybe like an an IED kit under your seat and maybe some grenades and <laughs> oh like man a belt fed machine gun back there somewhere. not in California but someday that's that's in all of the works mm-hmm. no it, so I, I I go with people that I trust that I I know are, are educated enough to know what I can do yeah. that I don't even know I can do um, and then also trust them that if I do get into a sideways position that they're going to get me out these are people that care about me and that's mm-hmm. what I think has been really it's that's a hard line for me to find because yeah. there's guys who want to go out and have a good time and they're like, you got this, you got this, you got this. But I don't want to like trailer my vehicle home at the end of the trip. Mm-hmm. That is not, that is never a goal of mine. That is a, that's a failure. I want my, the goal is to drive it home. It's yeah. a Toyota. I should be able to do that. I think that's a good, that's a good goal. I think have like being able to like push your limits, but know them well enough to where you're not going to have to. I don't want a catastrophic trip. failure. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. not my goal. So yeah. I, I, you know, I'm learning and getting more comfortable with that line. Uh, but again, it's just going out with people, and and typically they are men. Right now, I have mm-hmm. yet to really go out with a, a group of women that are like super experienced. Rochelle um, from X Overland. Um, her and I have been communicating for years and have traveled together, but never never in a challenging sense. Yeah. Um, but her and I have talked about because she's really good at the sand dunes, and sand scares me. So I'm always mm. like, we gotta go, we got I, I gotta go get stuck. I, let's go figure that out. So what, and so, how come? Well, let me ask you this: how how come you haven't done the rebel? Oh, that is. I let's unpack that one. Yeah, because um, that I, just went down, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it's yeah. Every Oct- almost every October, I think. Yeah. And they're in their fifth year. I, it's something I follow. I am very familiar with it. Uh, since its inception, go through it because my um, some of my people are not. Yeah, so the Rebel is a uh, annual race, basically. Um, it's women only, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some categories. I think they opened it up a little bit more this year, so there's a few more categories. But they do like an all-wheel drive and a four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Limits to modifications for each. There is no electronic GPS coordination. Or yeah, you're not allowed. It's all map like, and compass. Yeah, ma- exactly. It's all so analog, you're learning. Yeah. Yeah, you're learning an analog system, a system that is incredibly beneficial. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering how dependent we are all are on our GPS systems. Yeah. Uh, and it teaches, and it's all done checkpoints. So there's there's several of these style races all over the world. The yeah. big one is in Morocco, and I can the Gazelle, I think. And a few of the ladies have actually crossed over and gone over and done that one. Uh, but again, it's it's female. It's it's very mm-hmm. community based. I mean, it's definitely a comp- competition. You're, someone's trying to win. But what you always see of it out of it is just the they just have a good time together mm-hmm. they're out learning they're out pushing and like the challenges are sometimes kind of extreme there's health things that happen out there um, you're you are outside in the elements uh, but the one here they do it uh, kind of in the nevada california area it's yeah. a six-day event i believe yeah and so i've never done it <laughs> right, is that something that's on the radar for you or i don't know i at this point uh, and I don't want to knock it because I think it's such a beneficial thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to exist and for women to want to go after mm-hmm. it. It doesn't really intrigue me like it. It at one point did. Um, it's got a, a kind of a hefty cost involved. Oh, is there? Okay. Um, yeah. Most of that is accomplished through sponsorships, and I know it's possible. What's entry on it cost? Um, I 
think it's roughly around fifteen thousand dollars. It costs fifteen thousand dollars. That's to what run. it ends up kind of shaking out to. And I could be I could be overstating that. Maybe it's a few thousand under, but it's it's over ten. Oh my fuck! Yeah, no wonder you like I, I would that would give me a lot of pause it's, too. Yeah. So and and it, just to go run a race, it is incredibly well. Um, organized and they're there's the support system that's out there it for better these be women. for fifteen thousand dollar entry fee Gosh, that's i'm gonna get in trouble for saying that i feel like it i'm telling everybody I heard from you. <laughs> it's expensive jillian said it's 15 grand and... <laughs> no she actually said it was 17 grand <laughs> again it's it's women do it they get sponsorships it's great i know i could raise the funds mm-hmm. but if i'm gonna raise that much money i'm going liz and i are gonna have the trip of a lifetime for six months yeah. out doing whatever we want on learn our to own start pace. navigating liz well i mean and we're down to do that Put so your map and compass out. i don't again i don't want to say it's a bad thing and, and people definitely raise their eyebrows when i say i'm not interested in doing it i just feel like the pace i'm on and the and the, the path i'm on for this i haven't been sold on needing to do it Could, would it be fun absolutely would it be maybe the experience that like oh i, I should have done this a long time ago maybe but from where i sit right now i'm like I kind of like my schedule as what I'm doing. And I'm, again, that control freak. That I like that you have that kind of awareness. So, so then what is you, so then what is a big ticket thing that you want to do or accomplish? Like what's your, what's oh, a big goal that you have going into wanna, 22? Oh, into 22. This is long-term goal. I want to rip the engine out of that Tacoma and drop an LS in it. Put a stupid amount of money into this whole thing. Is that a thing? Can you do that? Not here. Not in California. Where can you do that at? Other places. Places that don't have emission crazies. Yeah. But that's a whole nother can of worms because as soon as you do that, you take out all the reliability of a Toyota. It's no longer a Toyota. Mm-hmm. And now I'm dealing with... I didn't even know you could do that. I, didn't I mean, it's not try. easy. It would be a complete gut. I'd gut the whole mm-hmm. thing. That's probably the plan for the truck is I'll keep it forever, but I would like to eventually just start over. Give it a ridiculous amount of power. Well, the point you're about to buy a new vehicle, you just kind of take that money and mm. do stupid things with the yeah. truck. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about ridiculously overpowered vehicles, I got to say the only truck that's made me want to look away from Toyota is that new Dodge TRX. Mm. I just can't get over the gas mileage, though. I mean, it's not. It's right on par with like where I'm at with this guy right now. It's like thir- I'm getting 13. I was getting 16 in this guy, and then I put all this shit on it, and now it's getting like... Mm. That's true. 12.9, 13.3, 13.6. I guess for my price tag, I was like, I want something long. I, and my mentality has yeah. shifted over the years where I'm now trying to build a completely self-sustaining vehicle. Mm-hmm. More so uh, a long-range fuel tank is something that I'd love to put on this Yeah, that's the, that's on the, that's on the list for this too. Like yeah. I'm going to probably the next big thing. I got to figure out, like I was talking about the electrical. I got to figure out the electrical issues on here. I want to put solar on it. I need to put plugs in it. Like I need to run some power, put some lights in my tent and in the back of my truck. I finally, oh, when I was up at, uh, at Das Mule, Mule Outfitters, I, I, they had a dual piston ARB compressor in stock, mm-hmm. which I've been looking for online, and everybody's been sold out, sold yeah, out everywhere. And I randomly show up at their store, and I'm like, I know this is a stupid question because supply chain issues and you know all of that jazz, but I've like, can you, do you happen to have this? I know it's probably a dumb question. You probably get asked 15 times a day, do you have this? And he goes, how lucky do you feel? And I was like, <laughs> not very lucky because I've been looking for like six months now. And he's like, hold on. And he like types on his computer and he's like, yeah, we got one. Uh, and I was um, like, I'll take it right now. Yep. Solid. So I'm going to get that installed probably after this trip. When I get back to Salt Lake, I'm going to get, I'm going to get that installed. Gotcha. I'm going to go over and see Hinkley and have them install it. 
if they'll do that for me. And then, yeah, and then the next thing is to probably get a rear swinging dual swing gate bumper on there, which for my model and year of Toyota, that's the thing that's super frustrating is I love my truck, super emotional attachment to it, but not a lot made for it. Not a lot made for it. Now, the step up from this, the Gen 3 Tundras, there's a ton of stuff made for them. And I'm like, so I don't know. I'm in the process of like trying to convince some one either like I've talked to um, my peeps over I've talked to a few people at CBI and I recently connected at the expo with um, uh, the C4 Fab guys Mm -hmm. and put the bug in their ear and they're like yeah we could maybe do something and so like I'm I'm trying to figure out how to get a dual swing gate bumper on my gen 2 gotcha that's a that's a and then as soon as that's done and I can pull my tire my spare off the bottom then the next thing is the auxiliary fuel tank is going to go under there to increase my range that's so. also been what's really nice about having the Tacoma is mm-hmm. it, it's the hot, it's the number one as far as what people build for. Yeah, that they so, yeah build product and modify things. Yeah, for, so yeah. I have all kinds of options. Yeah, all kinds of choices. For yeah, everything. You, your Gen three range is like there's so everybody, much. Yeah, everybody makes stuff. It's for almost it. too easy. If you have yeah. something else, I'm like, oh, other than a Jeep. I mean, the Jeep mm-hmm. has a pretty big support system, but yeah, they're just not as good. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta unpack this Jeep thing. <laughs> I have a, <laughs> I have a aversion to Jeeps because I've I had some friends that had Jeeps and they just like are Jeep like it's just they're they're just they're those people everything Jeep, <laughs> they are a, they are a unique they're special people. species mm-hmm. and they think that everything Jeep is the greatest thing in the world and like I've literally like had so many phone calls with them and they use their vehicle hard but they they're definitely good drivers but they they're oh this broke that broke this broke down that broke down you know we had to replace this we had to replace that and i'm like hmm, neat story you know what i've had to replace on my toyota this year <laughs> fucking nothing <laughs> nothing i've had to replace exactly nothing on my truck but cool story bro yeah no that's definitely the narrative for mm-hmm. that world yeah i have fun have you driven one i have driven one not hard off trail but i have boogied down some dirt roads okay with them yeah I think they're fun. They're I love the the smaller wheelbase. I don't think I would do like a two door um, on the highway like mm-hmm. for a lot of. But uh, getting behind the wheel of mm-hmm. a, a two door, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I get it. Like this is I, this is fun. I can yeah. I could see this being fun. So then big. So so other than dropping an LS and then what else are you? What do you? <laughs> what is your plan for like Mountain Yote? Are you going to try and expand that out and turn that into a more of an education platform? And is it going to stay specific to women or is it going to be for like dumb gorillas like me that can play nice with women to come get taught by a woman? Because I'm a dude that's definitely open to whoever. Like well, if, a, if a Girl Scout can teach me how to make a, a better campfire, I'm like, yep. I'll. Well, and there is. There are, yeah. there are quite a few men that I interact with that are, yeah. are asking for like, well, will you ever do something that we could come to like and what are they what are they specifically asking not, not just an event are they asking for any type of education stuff or um i think when we do talk about because I've, I've talked about going and taking a class specifically for the winch and and mm-hmm. like while well, i have a basic understanding and i get myself out of stuff like i don't know exactly what all of the is capable with this and what piece extra pieces of equipment oh do there's I so do. much for recovery like oh it's People are like, oh, snatch block this and, and turnbuckle that and I'd strap people here. people do things I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that. Wow, that was incredible. Like that was – Oh, yeah. And, and it made it even safer and just like mm-hmm. there's – so I would love to go get education for that. And when I highlighted that at one point, uh, the response from like men Who's teaching community. a good recovery class? Oh, gosh. 
That's always a good question. I think what I'd like to do, I haven't done it yet, is maybe reaching out to Warren and getting some type of a, not because I need a sponsorship with them, but like something that they kind of condone, like, okay, no. so who do you know that we could then partner with and highlight the education for everyone because it's necessary, but also like selfishly, I need to know this stuff. So Fuck them, they build their shit in China. Well, then find an American-made one. Come up is made in Taiwan, so that's the only. That's I haven't found an American made. I know. I look for an hard. American made. It's hard. It's so frustrating. And I'm just kidding. Like exist. Warren is a great company. They make a they make a great product. But I'm like, as we mentioned at the beginning of this cast, like I'm, I'm with you. If I'm, you can give me an alternative, right. I'm taking it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's I and I just use them as a name. But like mm-hmm. going with a company that has a product that we would be yeah. using, like show us how to use this. Show us all of the facets of how how to take care of this. So would, would you agree with me then as just being the new guy that's just come in here and looked around for like 15 minutes to assess that there is a big, kind of a big gap in the education piece? I think so. Yeah. But that may be a product of that you're coming in now at like one of the the heights of the community. Yeah. The It's insane. Like, I mean, just Expo, how it's grown every year and the changes just year to year that we feel, uh, the way, how many companies you're mm-hmm. dealing with now. I mean, there at one point there was like three tent manufacturers you know, rooftop tent mm-hmm. manufacturers. Now I'm like seeing names. I'm like, is that Never the name of, of the, t- I don't like, and not knocking them, but there's just so many. You can't even keep tabs on anything. Like the Red Hawk people or the Red, whatever they are. I think they're Red, Red Hawk. Red Tail? Red Tail Overland. Red Tail, yeah. Yeah, Red Tail Overland. Yeah. With the carbon fiber, Whew. like super Gucci. You got in a lot of trouble for that when you I posted did. that. People were not People were angry. You. People were angry that it cost a lot of money. So I just got angry right back. And <laughs> the... <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> don't shoot I, the messenger people we're just, just looking at good gear cool. I, thought I thought it was, thought it was cool it was too. a cool idea that was it did you get did you check it out at expo Mm-mm, i didn't have oh no. i climbed up in it and i looked at it and it was it is it's definitely very nice i gotta be honest though it's kind of what i would expect all all of them to be all of them to do to some extent like it pisses me off i've got a cvt mount hood that i got turned on to and i really love it but it for what you pay for these, the mm-hmm. fact that I can't climb into that thing and like flip on a light switch, fuck off. Yeah. Like, why isn't there like a plug and play power solution in there? Mm-hmm. Why don't I have like a little fold down table? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like to move my nets up and have some lights in there with a light switch and like a port with like a USB thing so I can like plug my fucking cell phone in and charge it next to me while I'm sleeping. Have a light switch in there so I can turn some lights on and then maybe have a port to where if I'm winter camping, I can plug my little Gucci electric blanket in there mm-hmm. and like stay warm. While it's negative, you know, <laughs> ten snow snow blizzard. The diehard four wheelers are dying right now. Listen, here's what I have to say to that. Okay, I as 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 a guy who did nine combat deployments and has grew up in on a ranch in Wyoming, I have done my fair share of outdoor I am, suffering. I am with you. I got on my all outdoor suffering badge. I. Don't need to be hard anymore, okay? I, as we, as I've, like, I've I've learned, like, there's nothing smart about being hard. You're hard when you have to. Like, when it's a survival situation, and I've slid off the road and rolled my truck in a f- blizzard on, like, I-80 trying to get back home to Wyoming for Christmas, and I now have to snowshoe someplace t- to survive and not die because my truck is in pieces and rolled upside down in a snowdrift. Like that that's the time I'll be hard. That's the time I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to cert- I'm going to sift through, through these this wreckage here and I'm going to put on my cold weather gear and my snowshoes and I'm going to hoof, hoof it out of here. That's when I can be hard. Okay. Okay. If I'm just on a trail and I want to like have an, a tailgate cocktail and then like it's going to snow and get really cold and I want to climb into my little tent and flip on a light and read a book and turn on my electric blankie 
we are speaking that I'm, I'm not going to. I have no I'm not even going to feel this. bad about it. I'm not even going to feel bad about it for a second. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole reason for camping off the truck. If I still wanted to be super hardcore, I'd camp like I hunt. Right. Which is backcountry. Like right. I would load up my backpack and put it on my little back and I would hike miles and miles and miles into the backcountry. And I've done some like 30, 40, 50 mile loops with back backpacking in a three, four day period. And I would do that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I want to, I've got my truck. I'm like getting into this sport. I'm enjoying it, but I want like some of my little creature comforts. I'll never be this. There right. will never be an Airstream in my life. Mm-hmm. There will never be a, any type of trailer system. Well, I mean. Gucci trailer system like that. I do like the like the Patriot trailers and the mm-hmm. Turtlebacks, and I might explore something like that later on down the road. But for for the most part, like this is as Gucci as it's going to get. This is as like you know not a backpack as I'm going to get. So I'm going to put some Gucciness in there. I'm going to put I'm going to put some I'm going <laughs> to okay. modify I'm going to okay. modify okay. this okay. thing. Okay, you know, and you should, and I th- that is I think that's the difference. I think that you you're not just building a vehicle that goes off road. You're right. building a, an experience. Yeah. And so much, again, I think that lends to the same argument of everyone's experience or what your goals yeah. and experience is different. Because there's, you know, I've been on the trail with people who are all about the trail and the experience mm-hmm. on the trail and how hard was it and how much did we struggle out there. And that's what they enjoy. That's yeah. what they glean from. Where I'm is like, well, I want to be challenged and have a great day and experience that. But I want to be able to, like, not be in tears when we get to camp. Right. Because it was such a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to still enjoy camp, having dinner at camp, cooking a good meal. And, like, the I think there's something really cool about having something you didn't expect out in the middle of nowhere in the backcountry that you're like, you can pull this off. You can pull this meal off here. I mean, <laughs> I've seen some of your like cooking stuff and I was like, whoa, that I love is awesome. doing that. Yeah. And that's, but that's something that's personal to me. I yeah. enjoy that. I'm not going to say that that's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, when you're building, I think it, it, it's very personal to what experience are you trying to have mm-hmm. and what level is important. I've been out with guys who have had stock suspension and we hit the end of the trail at the end of the day. And we're like, Hey, like, you know, everyone's cracking beers. We're having a, that was a great, did you see that? And he pulls up and he's like going to rip somebody's head off. And I realize he's on a stock suspension. He's had a miserable five hours. He's got the shit beat out of him. Yeah. He is like, yeah. don't talk to me for an hour. Yeah. I have to decompress. Yeah, I'm going to go cry and suck my thumb over here. <laughs> totally. And we've all been there. Yeah. So I, I totally get it. But I, again, you're, you're, you're investing in an experience. And so, and that's going to be different for everybody. Well, I also want to put as much capability on this thing, too, because I learned a lot of hard lessons through this COVID nonsense mm-hmm. of being ready when the balloon goes up. You know, when the moment of truth happens, and I talk about it all the time from like a self-defense st- standpoint, like you, you don't get to choose the moment. The moment chooses you. Exactly. And so you have to have, you don't, you know, I hate to keep throwing out these buzz, buzz phrases, but like you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to your lowest level of training mm-hmm. or capability. So. That said, I learned a lot of lessons about like when lockdowns happened initially in 2020 and like my level of preparedness and like, you know, all the things that we take for granted. And so, yes, is this my everyday driver? Yep. Is this a recreational thing that I'm getting into that I really enjoy? Yep. But also from a bug out standpoint and from a capability standpoint, I want as much capability on there as because, you know, I want to be able to plug a little electric blankie in there because what if something bad happens and I have to bug out of an area and live in my truck for 20 days in the depth of winter? Right. You know, no, it's, it's, there's a foot of snow on the ground and real, I have yeah. to like isolate myself and bug out of an area and live off my truck. I, it needs to have some capability f- to increase my survivability. Absolutely. Oh, so, I think I think you're not alone there. I think yeah. that was something that was really highlighted for me as well and which has encouraged other 
I feel like the truck is very, it, it does well for how I use it yeah. generally. But, um, you know, if I want to bug out and I want to make it to Montana, like that ain't happening on the gas that I can carry. Right. And that's in my tank. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, that's a reality. So how far can you make it? You right. know? And so you, you can, t- while that may, you know, Montana can still be the goal, but now you have to have some contingency plans, mm-hmm. some backups. Where, where, yep. where are you refueling? And then have you thought about like. You can stop in Wyoming. I'll give you some gas. Okay. <laughs> if I can make it to Wyoming. Yeah. But like, I mean, I, there was a lot of real, there was one point I was traveling during uh, a, a moment where there was rumors of um, Arizona's power grid going down mm-hmm. and I'm in Arizona and I'm trying to get some work done and it was getting late into the night and I'm going to be having to drive home three o'clock in the morning Yeah, and kind of had a moment. Of course, it's three o'clock in the morning panic where you're not thinking entirely straight, mm-hmm. but realizing if the power grid goes down, how am I getting fuel out of the Yeah, tanks? the gas pumps are going to go down. Like as Americans, we're mm-hmm. so like just used to everything working. It's yep. like, it takes very little for us to be really, really inconvenienced for a lot of our day-to-day yeah. ne- necessities. Uh, so just thinking that way, it, I'm in that aspect, I am grateful for these last couple of years because I think it's kind of peeled back some of that, like, yeah, you can't be so comfortable. Because mm-hmm. while you may have known this intellectually that we were this dependent on a grid, right. let's let's add some reality to that. And, oh, you might lose this here. Oh, are you are you ready for this? Do you have enough food? Like, do you, are you, re- what if I can't get home and something happens mm-hmm. today? And now I'm stuck, you know, an hour and a half away from home, but I can't go home anymore. Yeah. So do you have enough to get where you need to go right now? Like that's been a mentality that um, it's been uh, talking with um, Fieldcraft has always been a relationship I've had for a long time. Um, and as they've grown and we've been able to work together more yeah, this last great. year. Yeah. But I love the idea of preparedness and just yeah. in an everyday sense where mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the tactical guy that's all geared up with everything. Yep. It's also for the moms. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you got your four little ones like. You ready like to take care of business if you need to? Like, do you know where you're going? Mm-hmm. And I get it. Moms are busy. I'm not a mom. I don't have to. I don't have that challenge. But this is again as a well, you, you are a mom. You just have a, a child that's got four. I do. Le- four I legs. love my. Oh, he's. I shouldn't have made eye contact. Yeah. He's like, um, <laughs> anytime you guys want to fucking wrap it up and let me out of the truck would be great. Uh, but yeah, no, the the readiness things is, is a big deal. And here's what I just recently had this epiphany about readiness where, you know, not only when I'm thinking about a bug out scenario for my truck, I'm also thinking about like a fallback position or like an, another chunk of property. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want something isolated, but it's close to water and all this stuff. So I've been like looking at property for like a homesteading situation. And I found this place that's like super isolated, right smack in the lake. It's on the edge of, it's like on the, one of the leading eastern edges of the Teton, Bridger Teton. Okay. But then it's also coming up on the backside of the Wind River Range. Okay. And it's literally like two hours and 10 minutes away from Jackson. And it's like literally out in the middle of nowhere. Like you, it's not, you're going to have to have a snowmobile to get in and out of there if you want to in the wintertime. Gotcha. It has this old cabin on it. It's a hunter's, just a hunter's cabin that was built in 1975. And I went out there and it was so awesome because like literally within pulling up, like Cato and I went out and looked at it and like I, I pulled up and it's surrounded by millions of acres of national forest and it's mm-hmm. a 10 acre private chunk. And I like, but it's surrounded on all sides by national forest. And I like get out and I'm like looking at this place and the road was not, it was, it was not nice to get there. <laughs> and so just in the, in, you know, I was like, oh, I'm glad I have the truck that I have because it's, this road is not well kept. And so just getting out there, but then looking at this cabin and they have kerosene lanterns hanging on the wall in this cabin. And there's no, there's a, you know, there's no, there's a fireplace, an old school, like river rock fireplace in it. And like, it's all plywood interior, steel roof, 
log cabin, you know, and there's no power. There's no running water. There's a stream Mm -hmm. that's running and they've got this like weird little cistern that I think is collecting. Okay. And it might be pressure fed or something. I'm not exactly sure. But I looked looked at all this and it really, really hit me where I was like, what if I did? Because, you know, Jeremiah Johnson is like my hero and like one of my, it's my, one of my favorite movies of all time. But if you think about that, like what he did with grabbing a rifle and jumping on a horse and like going and surviving in in, in the mountains with like next to nothing, mm-hmm. sleeping on the ground in the wintertime, in the snow. And I'm like, when I start thinking about things from a survivability standpoint, it really took me and I like got in my time machine for a second and I'm like, what the fuck did people do back then that when they live their life like this? Like, and it really gave me, it was a stark moment of realization where I was like, fuck, we're a bunch of spoiled assholes uh, that have all these like constant access to all of the, you know, like clean water and like, you know, electricity constantly and all these things that that make our lives really convenient and comfortable and easy. And I started thinking about it and I was like, what would I do if suddenly, you know, COVID mutates and, the zombie apocalypse does happen and we have a you know 40 percent mortality rate and then we do have to be super scared of everybody like the fear has to then match what's you know Mm. that moment and we do have to like isolate and lock down and be away from everybody because people are falling over dead you know everywhere you look what what would i do when the grocery store shut down what would i do how would I stay warm in this cabin in three feet of snow in the dead of winter away from everybody, you know, with no chainsaw and no, you know, I was like, fuck, what if I was just, what if this shit happened right now? And I had to like occupy this cabin right now. What do I have with me? How long can I survive for? Luckily there was a very fresh pile of elk shit right on the back porch, like literally still green and steaming when we like walked in. And I was like, there's food somewhere. I was like, there's some food. There's four legged food here. So we're good. We're good on we're good on on feeding ourselves through the winter if we can drop an elk, but like seriously, like looking and I'm like, what would I start a fire with right now? Right. I don't have any matches with me right now. I don't even know if I have a bic lighter in there right now. I was like, what am I gonna? How am I gonna do that? So all these things just started spinning up in my mind, and I started thinking through all of this stuff, and it really took me back and was a great reality check. And I'm like, it made me really interested in like increasing my survivability, like going back to some like more caveman skills. What I always refer to as like map and compass principles, yeah. like training more in an, in an analog way. Because what if your technology fails? Like yeah. we're all super heavily reliant, and we were laughing and joking around. I was out with my friends last night, and we were laughing and joking around about how we've grown up in an era where like the cell phones didn't exist internet didn't exist back when we were when we were teenagers and like we were joking around about like my buddy was like yeah when i delivered pizzas i had to you know flip through the phone book and look at the back of the map in the back of the phone book and we were laughing and joking around about how a people nowadays probably didn't even know that there were maps in the phone book. They probably don't even know what the fuck a phone book is, right. number one. Yeah, that's... And uh, and then we were laughing and joking around about how people probably don't understand like the street signs. You can read like block numbers to help you f- on the street signs to help you find what number block you're in. Well, remember Thomas Guides? Yes, that. he was. Yes, he was talking about that you too. You got license like, and handed a Thomas Guide. Yeah. That was like, yep. don't get lost. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we were talking about Thomas Guides and then the, the backs of the phone books. And then we were talking about how the one side of the street's odds and the other side of the street's evens. Oh, people don't know that. And people that's don't even right. know that shit. That's, ooh, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. So when we're talking about like how far we've fallen away from like analog stuff, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like maybe I need to learn how to like do some caveman fire building skills with like a bow, you know, and some like tinder and like 
I'm in there like, you know, doing the whole thing with a stick, rubbing sticks together to try and create fire. I might need to get like spun up on that again and like figure those things out. Like I'm, I've been hunting since I was seven. So I'm like very, I'm very competent in like big game hunting. That's big game hunting is not a, um, providing food is the least thing I'm worried about. Like it's the, you know, other aspects of it. Like how do I, how do I light a fire with like no matches and no lighter? You know, how do I filter my water? Yeah. You know? And those are very, very important things. Yeah. Because that how you would can I have survive? other tools. But yeah. If, if something happens to where there's some other catastrophe or, you know, China says fuck you and they do an EMP mm. pulse on us or some crazy mm-hmm. conspiracy tinfoil hat thing I can think of in this moment, like what, how would I survive? Well, it, or even something that's very plausible and by the numbers, like we are due for it, like a solar mm-hmm. flare. Like yeah. people, again, this is science. Yeah. This is, we, we have measured this. We have, we have mm-hmm. a map for this. And yep. like, yet, yeah, like. Do you know what a solar flare would do? Mm-hmm. And like how dependent we are on this stuff. Like it I think there's a in recent was it the nineties, like Canada, a portion of Canada got taken out mm-hmm. um by that on their power grid and everything. So it's yeah. like this has been happening in very recent history and yet we've all put our heads in the sand. Or some man made thing like uh, the pipeline getting well, hacked absolutely. on on the yeah. east coast. No no doubt. Yeah. yeah. The gas shortage that was created by the pipeline getting hacked on the east yep. coast. Yep. So, I mean, like just that right there or what you were talking about earlier where you're like, you're in Arizona and the power grid goes down and now all the gas pumps are shut off and like, how are you going to get gas? Right. How are you going to drive? Yeah. Good thing you've got a tent on your vehicle so you can spend a couple of days right. there if I you know, need to. I know I can, yeah. you know, hunker down somewhere, yeah. but like if you're trying to get from point A to point B, like what's your, again, what is your plan? What are your, mm-hmm. and, and I, and I know people think, and maybe more of us are moving into this mindset, but I do feel like. I've been kind of this crazy person mm-hmm. who's always been, but we, I live in Southern California, earthquake country, yeah. something we get zero warning for. Mm-hmm. And it has the, it has the ability to take out all everything. I'm like, going to need you to just get out of here because I wouldn't be upset if this broke off and fell in the ocean. We create, let's create some new ocean from property. I, you know, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I've lived, I have lived here for a long time, but it is my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. crazy. Here. I spent 16 years of my life in this state. So I, I completely, I it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I think be, I, I I mean I've had like a like not an in tears moment but like a really a heartbreaking moment where I have put my head in the sand and not that it makes it right or okay or mm-hmm. justified in any way but I love it here I love California yeah. in that like I I've, I've grown up in the Eastern Sierras and and loving that part of the country and the beauty that's there um, I love that I my parents are here you mm-hmm. know I have a lot of family here in Southern California. There is a connection to this place mm-hmm. that is very real for me. And it is so, you just feel so helpless to watch a government just completely shit the bed on this. Mm-hmm. In a way that, like, it, this is not Republican versus Democrat. This is complete gross mismanagement of a state. Yeah. So you, we can be a democratic, a democratic state. Not a democratic, that's the wrong word. We can have a Democrat for a governor. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But like, let's like look at what numbers mean and math and budgeting and like, where does this money go? And like, we're paying all these taxes. Anyway, so it just. Yeah, maybe think about some people in your constituency that aren't in the same tax bracket that you are. It's just heartbreaking that like people who have made businesses and and thankfully people are leaving and changing things up and and it's, you know, California's going to pay for this. It's not, they can't sustain this path that they're Mm -hmm. on. But I'm angry and not, and just because this is my home. And this has always been home. I've left. I've come back. This has been home. And it's ruined. And it's going to take, if it can be fixed, it's going to take decades. Mm-hmm. So I have no choice. Like, at the phase I'm at in life, I got to get out. Mm-hmm. Like, this just is not the next, if I've got 40 years left, 
good years where I'm experiencing life. Like, this is not what I want to be experiencing. Have rig real travel. You can come back. That's what I do. That's what I tell myself. I, I can know. go back. I did. I I'm here. And it, I'm behind enemy lines right now. I came back. I came to visit. I'm like here. I'm enjoying the things that I loved about this place because I'm very much on the same sheet of music you are in terms of like California is a gorgeous state. It's got some remarkable, amazing things about it. I love the ocean. I love the palm trees. And it's a, it's got some, you know, like Yosemite's amazing. I mean, there's, you know, uh, Joshua Tree's amazing. You know, there's so many, you know, Ta the Tahoe area is amazing. Like there's so many great parts of California that I enjoy too. I, I'm not a fan of all the traffic at all. Oh, like the I humanity. Want. I think that's been the biggest thing is the more I've traveled this year and I've traveled a lot this year. Right and coming home I can now it's a I've always noticed it but it's a palpable feel mm. of stress that kicks on and it's not because like there's tra I mean traffic is helps but it's just that there's so many people and yeah. I'm like now I'm like I maybe it's my mindset has shifted to more of a survival mindset of like yeah. okay active shooter or I mean these crazy scenarios that I'm probably never going to experience but we see them now Right. We see things happening. What does that look like when there's panic? It's not good. No, I know what it looks like because I was a first responder in Hurricane Katrina. And people, when they haven't eaten it's... or when they have children that are starving to death, will turn into fucking vicious animals. Exactly. And they will kill you. Exactly. And I can't blame them. Like if my small children are starving to death and I know that I can kill you and take whatever I want or beat you unconscious and take your shit to feed my kids right that's going to be a thing and so like humans don't realize that and i was talking to my, i was talking to you know to my um editor and producer cato and we were kicking around some stuff and one thing that i said to him was what humans don't realize this but when you are in competition when like if we go back to a primal state where you're in competition for your food supply like i mean you see it in nature with other species like you will start like if the zombie apocalypse does happen and i occupy a certain square area and like i persist on the game the natural game and i become a predator in that ecosystem right. and i'm reliant on that ecosystem for my food supply and now i start seeing competition other predators showing up in my in my space what's going to happen right i'm going to kill them right yeah so if i'm out in the woods and i have you know my little square mileage area where i'm subsisting fine uh, and you start showing up and you start taking my elk or you start taking my deer or you start taking you start cutting in my food supply and i start starving and you become competition for me, I'm going to kill you. Well, yeah, and like you said, that's that's nature. That's survival yeah. of the fittest, right? Mm -hmm. And just think of how, not to get crazy philosophical on this, but think of how far we've gone as a society, as a culture, yeah. especially here in America, where we are um, hyper-protecting mm -hmm. um, things that, in my opinion, like, okay, like maybe we need to have a discussion about that. But how many genders do we need to, like, talk about and, and protect and be, like, they all need to have their own? How many of these people, like, percentage-wise, like, mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're not valuable individuals, but we're going to change policies for how, how many people? How many of these yes. people? So we're adjusting sensitivities extremely. We're, mm -hmm. we're, we're um, changing policies within culture to protect maybe very, very small minor minorities. Mm -hmm. Doesn't devalue them, doesn't mean they're not worth a conversation or finding out what do they need. But change policy, change the way we interact with everyone else. Like, wait a second. Like, so we're these hypersensitivities, which, and then it's like, well, you know, you can't argue with science because they were, this is how they were made. And I'm like, well, okay, we want to talk about science and nature and how this actually, this plays mm -hmm. out. And I'm in no way advocating that this is how it should play out in, in the United States, in our, in our culture. Mm -hmm. But like nature is not nice to the minorities. 
No. Like it is it is a vicious survival of the fittest. That is it. Yeah. It is ugly. Mm-hmm. So like you can't get you don't get to play in both fields where we're going right. to be hyper protective of these things but then also be like I don't know I, I I'm concerned with the mindset that we've allowed to just take hold within our culture mm-hmm. where that's become so important. And yet it's like, no, we are one, two clicks away from getting real wild here. For sure. And like I just talked about this on the last the, like the podcast that I recorded right before this one was we were talking about. I was basically like, hey, a billion people on the planet don't have access to clean water. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can shut the fuck up about the fact that you're offended because you don't feel like your your non-binary status has been represented on the signs that are on the bathroom doors in the restaurant you're eating in. Exactly. So maybe like and, and I don't understand like I don't expect and maybe it's just how I was raised or the type of person I am. But if uh, let's just go down the road for a second and be wild and say, I decided that I wanted to relinquish my penis and be a woman. <laughs> and I wanted to do that. I, as the person I am, I can't imagine like being offended at somebody because they didn't recognize or they didn't, you know, I, I wouldn't care because I'm doing something like that. I and, and maybe I'm way crazy here, way out on the fringe, but like, I can't imagine like holding other people responsible for the choices that I make for my own individual state. Like I'm responsible for that decision. Why do I want to be angry at other people that don't, that I feel like, or, or put me in a position where I don't feel like I'm, I'm being properly represented or there's some type of discrimination and if, and discrimination is a real thing and it, and it does happen and racism is a real thing and it does happen. But I'm talking about the small petty shit like we're well, talking about. Well, I think like about, you like, said, like being, the being offended being part, aff- that we are changing. And that's what I meant. I, I've, I'm in no way advocating that there would be, you know, violence against these people right. or uh, none of that. Obviously, yeah. if you're being discriminated against, yep. we need to talk about that and, and make corrections. For sure. But this change of policy so that people aren't offended and that like, I mean, I can't figure out if I'm supposed to ask people what their genders are or I'm, I'm not. Is that rude? Like what? What? Uh-huh. Why don't we just exist and talk about the things that are important? And again, with the last couple of years, I think it's right. been great that we've peeled back some of this stuff and some of us are starting to go, OK, we've been like given too much that we have mm-hmm. the freedom and the luxury of dissecting our culture that much. Yeah, our pronouns. Yeah, yeah, like that's wild. Like we're gonna argue about pronouns when there's people, a billion we, people on the water on the planet don't have access to clean water, but we want to ar- sit around and argue about. Right. Well, I mean, I heard someone <laughs> someone say like, you know, you guys want to mandate vaccines for the entire for for the entire world. Like, how about we feed people that are starving? Yeah. Like we haven't been able to that that is actually that's been a problem for a long time. Forever. So yeah. How about if we deal with some of the homeless population? Yeah. Like the. Mm-hmm. The focus has just gotten so skewed. How about if we develop some programs for inner city people to become to get out of that life and be become successful and that, you know reduce the poverty and the violence that goes on in inner city areas? Like, how about if we really drill down on that and focus and come up with some good solutions? I mean, and these are the things that I talk about with some of my other guests, and I'm like, if we can put a fucking four wheeler on the on Mars and beam back 4K footage, 4K real time video and we can take soil samples off Mars. Yeah. Why the fuck can't we f- solve some of these issues that happen in inner city, you know, southern Chicago to reduce, you know, violence there and like get people a higher quality and a higher standard of life? Like why why are we not focusing or, or obesity as long as we're cracking open this can of worms? Like why why obesity is still the number one killer? So why is everybody like talking about COVID and making COVID this huge fucking issue? And I'm not a denier, it's real. 
Mm, absolutely. I just don't think that the, the numbers and the data and the science supports the hysteria around it. And, and when obesity is the number one killer, and really COVID is an accelerant for people. It, absolutely. There's, that it's the it's, number one comorbidity. Yeah. When people are like, yeah. people are dying out there. My first question to them is always like, okay, cool. How much do they weigh? Mm-hmm. What were their com- comorbidities? Because that's the first argument everybody throws out. Oh, I know. I know about this 24-year-old kid and he died. It's real. And I'm like, uh-huh. Tell me about that 24-year-old kid. Data matters. Science matters. Right. So was he, did he, was he diabetic? Did he, was he 24 years old and he weigh, and he's five foot two and weighs 410 pounds? Right. Did that happen? Because right. that's normally the case. It's normally like, oh, well. And, well. and there's always going to be margins though. There's right. always going to be the, um, the outliers for, right. for any statistics. So I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Healthy 19 year olds have died from COVID. And that needs to be looked at. Yep. I'm not saying this didn't yep. be ignored or, or it should be ignored. I think what we're seeing, and we've monetized everything mm-hmm. as a country, and you know whether that's a fault of our government or the, or what our culture is, and I, you know, I don't, I don't have the answers for this, but you think of, you know, how is, um, why, why is homelessness allowed to mm-hmm. persist, and it's because it's making money. What right. they're, what they're throwing at that, the people that are making money off the problem of, of home, like in L.A. Yeah. The contract, I mean, the contractors that are getting those those um, contracts to build their, them housing. It's re- have you seen those budgets? Those are ridiculous. Like mm. millions and millions of dollars are being wasted because these are these ridiculously overpriced contracts. So the politicians and corrupt business people are just it's overlapping and we're start it, people are just making money off of these yeah. problems. So what does that look like as far as a solution? Unfortunately, and I would love to be corrected on this, but I don't see a solution because of how ingrained and how embedded these problems are right. and the way we've been going about fixing them. I don't want to see an annihilation of the United States. I don't want to go through suffering that is no. on that level. I don't want to do any of that stuff, but as I don't know how to fix it. And I hope that's just a product of I can't see. You don't know what you don't know. You know, I, I'm so deep in it that I can't see out of it. I'm, I'm the same way. that's what it is. But my God, like I look at what Congress does and how broke it is. And even though there's good individuals, you know, out there, it's like this has all got to disappear. You've all got we've got to start over this. This format cannot be allowed to do this anymore. No. Well, like it, like I was saying earlier, like the if you haven't if you couldn't stop and take a look at the fact that they've erected gallows and stormed the capitol building because they feel so disenfranchised and like they don't have a voice and on the other side of the house you've got cities burning for a whole entire summer across the country like those are warning signs that you as a leader should probably fucking pay attention and get your shit together because you know we're one clutch event from like yeah you know it's just the the whole the whole thing that sparked all of the riots you know was the murder of a of a of a man and that was one event and it looked look what it did look at the level of violence that that sparked across the level of violence and destruction that that sparked so like we're only you know and i talk about this with my friends all the time we're only one we're only one cataclysmic event away from shit coming completely unraveled and so yes there there has to be a change somewhere we've got to reverse course someplace we have to i mean there's and, and I don't know how any of that's going to happen. I'm in yeah. the same boat. Like, I'm like, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it's, I don't know if it, if it can happen, if it will happen, or if we're just slowly creeping towards an inevitable, you know, a date with pages of history being rewritten in blood. Yeah. So, you know. But I guess kind of in the same like breath of building your vehicles while it, you know, you can make all the prepper jokes and mm-hmm. all the you know conspiracy theory jokes. But there is a sense of reality that, like, I can't do a lot. Like, I can't go to Washington and demand change. I can't change policy on my own. Mm-hmm. 
but like my family or my my immediate circle like I can do what I can to put us in the best position that if something happens it gives us a better chance of survival. Yeah, if anybody out there wants to call you a tinfoil hat person or a prepper <laughs> after what happened with COVID, then lockdowns, and people couldn't even get fucking toilet paper for crying out That's loud. crazy. And you want to talk about any, you want to make fun of anybody for prepping, you should probably really sit down and shut up because... Well, you weren't paying attention. No, you were You were not. Yeah. Evidently not Something paying. Something was... Yeah. And that, we can go right back to that. And it can be even worse. Like I said, what if the virus does something weird and it mutates? Right, which... And it creates a f- mortality rate that is crazy. I mean, we have supply chain problems right now. And I think, feel like we're, you know, we're at a herd immunity state where we're starting to reach some equilibrium with this. I mean, like the mainstream media is going to deny that all, all day long because it doesn't support their political agendas but I, I you know I'm watching this I mean just even here in here we are in Southern California and I'm watching people like it was one of the things that I noticed immediately because I was like oh fuck masks shit I, I gotta wear them probably have to wear a fucking mask so I brought my mask with me nobody's wearing masks and I don't know if that's because everybody's like well fuck it I'm vaccinated okay but nobody's wearing masks down here and I'm like all right you're well. still in South County yeah LA is gonna be different okay yeah, well, I, I, I was like, "Whoa, what's going? On? What's this? Is what's this all about?" I like, I like that what I'm seeing. Maybe, maybe California's not as cuckoo as I, as I thought it was. But yeah, like, what happens if something mutates and throws everything out of whack? And you know, we go back to like massive supply chain issues. We go to lockdowns. Anybody that's like wants to talk shit about prepping, the first words out of my mouth are, "I want you to imagine right now, you can't go back to the grocery store for three months." Right. How are you going to survive? How are you going to feed your family right now? Like you, the groceries you have in your house are going to, how are you going to survive? You can't go to the grocery store for three months, 90 days. Right. And they're like, uh, uh, uh. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you have saved up at your house? Yep. What do you have? What do you have that you can survive on right now? If shit comes unraveled super hard, how can you bunker down and protect you and your family and survive for a 90 to 120 day period? Yeah. No, it's... And nobody usually that I, I have those conversations with ever has any answers or knows what to say or, well, I would leave. What if you can't? Yeah. What if there's so many, what if there's violent riots going on all around your have neighborhood? Have you seen traffic at 5 p.m.? Yeah, yeah. What if everyone wants to leave mm-hmm. at the same time? That's, I mean, that's a very real, real mm-hmm. reality for leaving here is yeah. that we probably will not be able to get out. It no. will turn into gridlock and shut down. Yeah before we could get our vehicles out. Mm-hmm. And so that's with someone who's trying to kind of balance this reality that yep. I feel is out there mm-hmm. with having a normal life as well and not being crazy mm-hmm. or feeling crazy. No, because you will drive yourself crazy oh, if, yeah. if I mean, you just focus worry, on negativity. Concern, yeah. and is this mm-hmm. the moment? Is this is it happening now? But I'm not going to lie. There was a couple of moments a year ago that felt a little like, okay, like if someone hears something, let us know. Cause if we're moving, like we're, we're getting out of here. Like it needs to happen in the first hour. Otherwise we ain't making it out of here. Yeah. I just started a new job and just moved to Washington in the beginning of 20. And, uh, I have friends in DC and they called me, one of them called me and was like, Hey, the president's going to announce national security. So like, if you haven't, and there's probably going to be a lock, a national lockdown. So if you haven't gotten anything yet he's going to announce it in the next two hours i would leave work right now and i did i like went into my, i went into my ceo and he's a great dude he's a former jsoc guy too and i was like hey dude i'm i'm gonna go to costco right now <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm leaving work i'm going to costco 
He's like, what, why? And I was like, state of emergency is about to kick off. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, president's about to announce it in two hours. I just got a call from my friend. So then he jumped on his phone because he's got people in DC too. And he was like, holy fuck, I'm going with you. So we went to Costco and like loaded up, got all of our, you know, I got, I bought three months. And what was funny is like, just even going through Costco and seeing like what people, because the buzz was already going on a little bit. People were already starting to buy stuff and seeing what people were buying. And it was like, I was horrified to see, I mean, I was a little bit horrified, but I was also relieved because people weren't buying the dry goods. I was buying all the dry, like shelf stable stuff. And I'm laughing because I'm like loading peanut butter in my cart and I'm loading ramen noodles in my cart and like trail mix and like beef jerky. And I'm watching everybody buy fresh meats, Mm -hmm. cheeses, vegetables, and their carts are overflowing with these things. And I'm like, and then in my mind, I'm like, okay, if shit really goes bad and like fucking power goes down, like you're going to lose all those perishables in three days. Right. The amount of food that must have been wasted in those weeks. Oh, it was insane. And then of course, like I saw these ladies who are like pushing carts of like fresh meats and vegetables and cheeses and stuff completely brimmed over and then pulling behind them a whole cart of toilet paper. Yeah overflowing toilet paper so they're pushing one cart pulling the other one and i was like oh man this is this is not great but i and then literally two hours later president came on and asked announced national state of emergency and then everything shut down and then fucking man that was that was a that was a sobering moment yeah i went home and like sat there and ate beef jerky and loaded my i topped off all my magazines i was just like (laughs) sitting there loading magazines staging magazines throughout the house I built range cards. Like I went out, you know, and like opened my blinds and like took my iPad and snapped a photo. And then I got my laser range finder out and I was like doing target <laughs> reference points. And like I printed, a, I printed these things out and like wrote the ranges down and like taped it on the wall, had like magazines staged. I'm like, I'm ready for the apocalypse, man. Bring it. I had my gas mask, my body armor. Everything. Okay. You, you, you win. That's, I was ready to go. You went on that one. I had 90 days worth of food and yeah, water. And then I was like, okay, well, if shit really gets bad i'll just kill my way out of this and that, and that's also a reality i think that people have to have mm-hmm. is i mean as a as a gun owner that is nowhere near at the training level that you have but someone who understands has had some training yep. and understands the gravity of it there's been a couple instances in my career with this mm-hmm. whole lifestyle of kind of being out on your own where i have come like kind of face to face with different issues where it's been, Oh, this is why we do this. Mm -hmm. This is why, you know, this is why I carry, this is why I'm prepared in these ways and thankful. And then also it highlighted some areas that I was like, Oh, this, I messed up. I've messed up. Thankfully I was, you know, it didn't get catastrophic, but um, highlighted some deficiencies on my part, but I'm very aware of the mentality of survival. And like, like you touched on, whereas if someone's trying to feed their family, they're going to get desperate real fast. Very fast. And we don't know what that looks like because we don't see that, you know, the general population. Um, so that's going to be a shock to people. There will be food riots and people will die. People oh, will it's, get going, it's yeah. going to get wild. Yeah. And then you also think like, well, I've got, a, I've got food in my house. And it's like, okay, I don't mean to like freak you out, but do you, are you prepared to defend your house? Like, Right. Do you do you know what that looks like? Because mm-hmm. if people in the neighborhood, which I'm assuming maybe you have some friends, people talk, people are going to find out that mm-hmm. you have stuff and you're going to become a target. Are you going to be able to take on ten of your neighbors? Mm-hmm. And are you are you are you willing to kill one of your neighbors? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is an awful reality. That could very well come to happen because I saw it in Hurricane Katrina. Oh yeah, yeah. It, we know it's possible, but yeah. we but it's one of those things that as a culture we don't you know that's awful. We don't want to talk about that. That would be something that makes me uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to I don't want to think about that. But so because of the oh, training, hold on, we lost it. I think 
Speaking of losing power, we just had the, the breaker box at the here surge. And, did you hear it? Yeah, that, did you hear oh, it go? I didn't hear it go. Yeah, yeah it goes, and oh. then it's just quiet in my headphones. And then I look down, and there's like the amp light is not on. My earphones are always quiet. Yeah, so that way it wasn't getting it wasn't getting any it wasn't okay. getting any juice. So okay, so we're okay. So you were saying? Oh, I just was killing saying killing your neighbors. Yeah, killing your neighbors. Well, but just that reality of. And I think because of your background, you probably can kind of click into some of these mindsets mm-hmm. that you don't have to be in all the time, but you understand yep. uh, when they're necessary mm-hmm. and when, when your mind needs to turn maybe a little bit more primal, a little bit more simple, black and white, mm-hmm. survive. The re- regular civilian doesn't get that experience yes, normally. No. Yeah, no, there's there, there are those of us out there. and No, but, and I yeah. am, I, having been exposed to your type <laughs> more mm-hmm. and more. I am, I find so much comfort that you guys exist because a little part of my brain understands that and wants to go yeah. there, but doesn't really see a reality in my day to day where that mm-hmm. makes sense. Why, why would you think that way? That's, that's a, why would you put your mind through that? Mm-hmm. Have conversations with you guys and you guys understand because you've seen the worst of humanity. You've seen humans do. The very worst, yeah. And that's real for the majority of the world mm-hmm. that sees that type, that is exposed to that type of thing. Are we ready as hu- like? I want to be able to move. I don't want to do that, but I want to be able to make the transition when I need to. If yeah. that is presented to me, mm-hmm. I need to be able to move into that mindset of, okay, this person doesn't want to talk this through. No, there's no rationality when people are starving. Right. This is this is going to be action. Yeah, you find somebody that hasn't eaten for two and a half or three weeks, and they will not care. They will not oh, be there no, to negotiate. The desperation is going to be they off will, the charts. They will take from you whatever they want. Exactly. And so... Are you, what are you prepared to do? And to me, that may be different for everybody. I I would never speak and say that it has to look a certain way, but Mm. are you, you've done all this planning. Are you prepared for what the final steps could look like? Yeah. Um, And I don't think that's a conversation we have. And that's why I love, like, I love that more people are getting uh, familiar with firearms and going Mm. through training. It's so much more training is necessary because that mindset, it does need to be adopted. We don't need to go to war to experience it, but we do need to understand humanity. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't ever want, I've said this several several times, I don't want to ever have to perpetuate that level of violence on another human being ever again in my life. I abhor really any any type of right. like violence like that, but do I prepare for it? Do I continue to maintain my skill set for it? Am I good at it? Yep. I'm awesome at Cause it. Because we know evil exists. Yes, I have I a I have a black belt and fuck around and find out. So don't <laughs> don't go there. Right, right. Yeah, don't go there. And so it's a uh, it's going to be if if things go that direction, there's going to be no talking, no negotiating. People will turn into and into animals, and they will come and try and take whatever absolutely you have from your family. So you should probably be prepared for that. Yeah, and yeah. that's just a reality. We just yeah. aren't aren't in that mindset. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, again some silver lining of the last couple of years is that like it's pushed people maybe closer or you could have that conversation. Whereas before, I don't think it was even there. I think we're feeling some vulnerability mm-hmm. and what does that mean? You know, if you're willing to peel back the layers of that onion, I think, you know, we're, man, we're so far away from where we need to be as far as being prepared for right. what could be around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's not me being a doomsdayer. That's just no. reality. Yeah. I mean, if you, you, you're living in a fantasy land if you haven't learned any lessons about preparedness for in the last two years. Right. So, yeah, I think that it's and, and really just to be self-reliant. Like I like to see, you know, the other side of the coin is being prepared for bad things to happen mm-hmm. so that you can deal with them in the most effective way possible. But also like just being more self-reliant, I think, is great. So like from the homesteading 
aspect of it or the self-reliance aspect of it or getting away from your consumeristic ways where you constantly feel like, oh, I need this new pair of shoes. I need this new handbag. I need this new whatever. And to, you know, put it in my terms, like I don't need to, you know, buy a new, I have lots of guns. I don't need to go buy a new gun every (laughs) How come there's extra justification for a firearms purchase? (laughs) So there is. There is, but like I, I'm also careful of the purchases that I make too. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think it's good to like increase your readiness, but also increase your, or decrease your, increase your readiness, but decrease your reliance in your consumeristic ways. And, you know, like I said, like that truck's going to, I'm going to drive it until it turns into rust and evaporates underneath me and I'm riding on a frame yeah, on a chassis. So that's what I'm, I'm, you know, it's my, my perspective of things these days. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. So are you starving to are you ready? Do you, do you have anything else? Would you like to discuss no, anything No, else? I don't This know. has been a great... We kind of went a little... Uh, this has been an amazing... doomsday. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I, I love it. I love cracking these No, is there open. any other questions you had for what I do? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I have. Okay. I always have more questions. So... I, well, ones you want to ask, I guess. Yeah, so what... So we... we if we're going to, like, walk it back a little bit, and then you... I would like to know what you... Um, what are you going to do with your website? And what are you going to do with your... Uh, that's a good question. So I don't know. I th- I have a couple of irons in the fire as far as moving forward. Um, like I said, I've been reluctant to kind of move into a more leadership role mm-hmm. with what I've created with social media. Yeah. Um, because I haven't really created it. It kind of just happened, which makes me feel like, eh, like I don't, I don't want this. It's just... It's rolling. Well, you, it looks like you've got it no matter what. If you, It doesn't matter if you don't want it because it looks like you've got well, it. Well, and I think that's been the, the having to accept that there is a need within the community for a, a female voice. Um, there's also a need for a leadership role right. for women to because it is we do learn and absorb information differently, men and women. Mm-hmm. And while, like I said, I, I learn from men and I, I have always I've always been the girl that hangs out with the boys. So yeah. that that clicks easily for me but I have as I've gotten older realized that that's not the case for all women oh, you're correct yeah and there's nothing wrong with that that's just how it is so mm-hmm. if I can be a voice that's easier for them or yeah. just more comfortable for them uh, why not step into that role and if the other part of me is like well if they can't figure it out like it's not my job to like guide you there which Guess is what? A, leadership is coming it's <laughs> bless you it's you've... a very callous thing and again, I think as I get older, I'm more empathetic to, all right, well, they haven't had the same experiences you have and they don't have the same mindset that you have. So do they just get written off? Well, absolutely not. That's not how we deal with people. Mm-hmm. How is the, Do I possess a tool that could bring you onto the same level? Absolutely I do. It may not be the tool, but it could be a tool mm-hmm. for you. So I think I have to lean into it and take ownership of, kind of the gifts that I've been given. I would agree with that. Lead your people to the recovery class. Okay. (laughs) And and so what do I plan to do with it? I I may look at like scaling um, these ladies nights campouts that I do Mm -hmm. that right now are are just a spot on the map. We meet somewhere, we trail for a little bit, we camp, we hang out for the night, we have a good time. They they leave in the morning. It's very simple. Um, the, The effect that's been allowed to take place as a result has been really cool they're they've created their own groups mm-hmm. their own friendships have they do their own trips um they have nothing to do with me this is just they met each other at a camp out and now they're friends and that's it solves the problem that i hear all the time is that i don't know how to meet other women that do this that i could click with that i'll get along with that do it the same as me so we're just creating those spots for them so whether it means i'm creating curriculum so that mm-hmm. other women can go out and do what i'm doing 
the control freak in me is screaming all day long for that one because I'm like, I can't let anybody else do anything. But it's also, I know this is a growth period for me and I know this is something I need to work through. So if it means figuring out what that language looks like or, or how it's scalable. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. Um, I don't need ownership of it. I don't need to make money off of it. I don't want to make money off of it. I think as soon as you start monetizing certain things, um, my joy will get sucked out of it. And I'm concerned about the what's pushing that, that mm-hmm. vision forward. It's not to say you can't make money off of things. I just, I am very sensitive to that. And I just, if I can avoid that at all, I want to. Why don't you... Why would excuse me? Why wouldn't you want to get paid to do your to live your passion? Because I don't want to feel like it's a job ever. Mm. And I and maybe that needs to be corrected. I, I'm not saying that's the. Would it feel like a job ever if it, if it's your passion? If I, I feel like if you accept a paycheck or some type of schedule for that, then I have a schedule that I have to adhere to, and it's not me doing it because like oh I want to do this. I want I'm able to feel my way through something and mm-hmm. meet a need that I that I see and not be like, oh, well, it doesn't fit. You know, we already have a schedule of events and that would be really fun to fit in, but I can't now because I have a locked in schedule. And if mm. you don't fit it anymore, so I can't be flexible to meet the needs as they come. But maybe you're a wily I'm, creature. You don't like to be, you don't want to be in a, you don't want to be in any, you don't even want to look at anything that could potentially paint oh you into gosh. a corner. We have not. You're like, stay away. This. We'll stay away from the paint cans. <laughs> Okay, well, I think so. Are are you are you open to suggestion? Oh, absolutely. I and think, I, the conversation I think, I think needs so to be had. My my suggestion is, um, I think what you're doing is awesome, empowering women, and you've like had this, you know, this has showed up and landed on you, and this response. I don't know if it's a responsibility, but you have this. Mm-hmm. You've had you've this has happened, and it's proliferated, and it's grown, and you're doing this thing now, and I think that's awesome. The only thing I would toss into it is because there's such a huge lack of education. It's great that you're giving inspiring females to come out and get on the trail Mm -hmm. and participate in being more independent, being more ready, being more mobile and experiencing the outdoors in the capacity that you're doing it. I would just say throw an education piece in there. Like you have all these great, um, you have all these great relationships with all these companies, like have them come out and like do a clinic or like have them host something. And instead of like doing a camp out, you have all the ladies like meet down there at Mm. wherever, like say Casey Light's headquarters, and they can run through and talk about like how to wire up a vehicle and then have people participate in wiring up that vehicle. And so that they actually do it themselves and feel even more empowered where they're like, because I'm an electrical fucking retard. I don't know how to wire. Electricity is scary. Yeah, it scares scares the (laughs) shit out of me. So, you know, these are the things that I think of that I'm like, I would love it if somebody would do that or if this was a thing and I could, I could come down and do something like that selfishly for me so like to mm-hmm. to see what you're doing and how far you're down the trail with it already and you already have this platform and this voice and you know are um, dare i say a subject matter expert for for women getting into the sport mm-hmm. like why don't you start adding an education component into what you're you're doing and then continuing to empower them through like i said clinics where they get to do you know like a recovery clinic right. um a lighting clinic or you know i don't know who your other sponsors are but like you know getting getting them to help you know educate people further than just hey get out on the trail right cuz that that's the hardest part is like hey just get out on the trail but once you've conquered that and you've like showed them that it's not as big and is not as scary as maybe they built it up into in their mind when they were you know afraid to go do it or you know whatever and you get them to step out of their comfort zone and show up right now there's like a hey here's some more empowerment and here's some education and here's some tools for your tool po- your your cargo pocket to take with you no i think that's very valid i and i appreciate that i think that's 
I would love to see that. That would, yeah. I'd love to see you do that. And there, there are women out there. Like I'm thinking of uh, Ladies Off Road Network, Charlene, who is doing stuff uh, where they do a lot of mechanical stuff. Yeah. So they meet, but it's it's smaller, and I think it's a, a you might pay to be involved in that mm-hmm. one. Which it, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that has changed up some of it, right? Or just the format's a little different. Yeah. I I don't. Yes, I just need more education. You're awesome. Go be fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> I tell people this all the time. You're fucking amazing. You're awesome. Go be, go be awesome. Go take it and grow it. Yeah, it's just weird when you're just doing the thing though that you love, and it's like suddenly you're this like you're like forging some path or you're creating something, and it's like why I, is that weird? I don't know, because I'm just here for the experience. Like I wasn't planning on passing this on to anybody. Surprise. I know. I know. That's my own dang fault for putting it on social media. What, don't what did I think choose the moment. The moment chose you. Yeah. Yeah. And here you are, yep. here on the Lone Element Podcast. Sitting on a park bench. Yep, in an RV park, <laughs> in my fancy studio, being in, being interrogated by a ginger. <sighs> okay, well, yeah, I think that was a good that was a good session. All right, we should wrap up. Uh, so, where can people find you? Do you want people to find you? Uh, primarily, I'm on uh, social uh, Instagram with Jillian Rebecca, and it's Rebecca with a K and an H. And then uh, mountainyote.com. Is that like your last name or is that your middle name? It's a middle, first and middle name. Okay. That's right. my in trouble. Dad's yelling at you, okay. Jelly and Rebecca. Get in here right now. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I chose that as my Instagram. Uh, but no, uh, mountainyote.com is where I've been doing like event stuff. So when I do post the ladies' night campouts, I do registration through that. Yeah. That's kind of Ladies, because I have several female listeners, go, go, go get connected. Check her out. She's absolutely amazing human being. Yeah, and I'm I'm open, very, very open to communication, especially with the women. When I see those messages come through from ladies, I'm very particular. Like those are that's where my heart is. Like if you guys have questions or or, or just general whatever, like mm-hmm. I'm here to help. I'm here to be a resource. I don't know everything, but I can give you my experience, and uh, I'm very open to that. So yeah, and and dudes. Yeah, absolutely. Dudes, come 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 ask questions. Yeah. Because she is very competent. I'm going to ask you questions. <laughs> just looking at everything you've done in your truck, I'm like, I have questions for you. It was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of great mentors. But, yeah, it's a, man, it's been an incredible six years for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see where you go from here and yeah, we'll grow it out. And then we'll. We'll sit at another park bench yeah, somewhere. Yes, I will have you back on. <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll go through 22 and we'll see what, we'll see what happens. And then we'll, we'll have you come back. I'll get to fill in some blanks for Yes. You. It'll be good. I'm excited. Well, thanks. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming down and, you know, breathing through your nose to do the stranger danger thing and, oh, and a stranger on the internet and come down here and, and be on the podcast. Oh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having I, me. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, all right, everyone come check us out uh, next week and uh, everyone have a, have an enjoyable week and weekend and we'll catch you back here next time. Peace. Peace.